Really, really wonderful. It's a long way to come, and uh, it's kick-ass to see you all coming here and being highly energetic Hivians as you always are. Thank you very much. See some wonderful, beautiful faces on the front row here. All right, let's get this kicked off then. I'm uh, going to just lead you through a few things about the event, uh, give you a little summary of what me and partially Eddie feels uh, Hive has done this year to get you a little bit excited because, man, there's a lot of good stuff going on in Hive. Eh? Is there a lot of good stuff going on in Hive? It's amazing, eh? You can't do anything but stay positive about it. Um, so the first thing I want to show, does anyone recognize this project? Hands up. Yes, most of you. Can I get a shout out to what it is? The Ghana Boreholes Project. So um, Value Plan has worked with a guy called McSam, and they're on their 12th borehole now that they've installed where the government couldn't install the borehole because I think the money went missing. So Hive has managed to install boreholes, and it's actually stopped a local feud between two tribes, which is amazing. Um, it was basically the deal was stop the feuding, and the water comes in, and the feuding stops. It's like a 10-year feud, and lots of other stories like that. Amazing, amazing project. So congratulations, McSamu can't be here, but he's kicking ass over in Ghana. Couple of shots of it there. People using these things every day. From they used to walk miles and miles and miles to get water. This has stopped it. Anyone recognize this photo? Hands up. What's going on here? Sucre. These guys are machines. They just don't stop. They're onboarding people like crazy over in Sucre in Venezuela. Uh, I know Edmundo Churan. He's been one of the driving forces behind that project. I want to give a big shout out to him. Can we give him a round of applause? Because they're all watching. They're all watching on the live. So this is a great model for Hive to onboard businesses and use Hive payments. Three second clearing, zero fees, scanning QR codes on your iPhone. Unstoppable, unKYCable cryptocurrency, paying to businesses from people who have earned it from blogging. Right? This is an incredible economic model, and I think the whole world should know about it, and it's going to become a force of nature, in my opinion. So congrats to Hive Sucre for starting that model, and I'm looking forward to many, many more of these types of models going forwards. Congrats. I want to give a shout out to the guy because he's streaming. He's streaming the whole of HiveFest, uh, Taskmaster. I don't know if you can make that out on the screen. But yeah, shout out to Taskmaster. He's uh, live streaming. If any of you get a chance, book, just go contact him. I know most of you have got, got his contact. He's on live stream right now on Twitter Spaces. Just go, go give him a call from HiveFest. People are going to love it. Just go say, hey, I'm at HiveFest. This is my project and Taskmaster will ask you some very interesting questions and keep you talking all about your projects. So go and tune into his live stream. But the other, the other side story here, well, it's not really the side story, it's probably the main story, is uh, the Leo guys. I see a Nomad Soul over there. Where's Cal? Is Cal here? He's, he's probably working on this. So Cal and Nomad Soul have put together threads, and they've sped it up so it's live threads. And what that means, I mean, we use it on our CTT podcast. So our users can go on this live, see updated comments from our, from our audience, and we can upvote our audience as they, stream, as they comment live on our streams. I don't know anywhere else that can do that. We're currently setting up um, uh, situations, I guess, with various content creators from various um, conferences that we've been to. 
where they're very interested in using this tool to reward their audiences. And I don't know who else can reward their audiences like this with cryptocurrency for live streaming. So really looking forward to this tool. Leo Threads, amazing project. Looking forward to it. Congratulations, guys. Keep the work, good work up. This one is it's close to home. Uh, as three speakers, a video platform that we run, me and Dan, we wanted a way to get ourselves out of video storage. So this is it's a little bit of a complicated diagram. Don't pay attention to it. It's, even we can't understand it fully, I Dan. But, but Nathan Sen, the guy that helped build this, um, is proof of access. So it basically means that you can get rewarded with crypto for storing other people's videos. And that sounds simple, but it's basically spaceship technology. And it, as far as I know, we're the first people to do it for video uh, on-demand content. And it's not just video, it's now it's anything on IPFS. So we literally have an IPFS storage mechanism for which you can get rewarded for storing other people's content. This is massive, in my opinion. A little bit of uh, conflict of interest in saying that, but I really do believe in this, and I think this is going to be massive for rewarding people all over the world. Because there's people all over the world now testing this, and they are basically using their spare laptop storage space, and they're getting rewarded for, for, for storing other people's content. I don't know any, any other chain you can do that on. So, uh, and I want to give a shout out to Nathan Sen for being the guy that, that came in and, and helped us finish this. So thank you, Nathan. Give him a cheer, yeah? Good lad. Anyone recognize this? Can you see on the uh, SWC? Street Workout Community. These guys are in Venezuela. They're incredibly fit, incredibly healthy men and women. And they are um, effectively spreading the word of Hive with brands. Hive, the Hive community supports these guys, and they go all over um, Venezuela doing competitions in street workouts. And they're a bunch of badasses, and I'd love to have them here. We tried to get them here, but obviously the visa situation with, with Mexico and Venezuela was difficult. But I want to give a big shout out to these guys. What's up? Yeah, the sponsor parks. That's a great, that's a great point. Thanks, Krimi. So the sponsor parks, so Hive is... Value Planet, again, has helped sponsor a couple of parks. These guys have helped build them, and they're marketing them, and this word is spreading through Venezuela. So it's really awesome to see. Where is he? Slavin, the rally driver. Just finished, just finished the World Rally Championship in Greece, which is one of the hardest rallies in the world. This is a great opportunity for Hive. There are millions of people watching this. Millions of people watching you, Slavin. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I know. <laughs> this is, yeah, you, he's a, such a humble guy, on, so honored to be part of this. And um, I actually went to the, the rally in Sardinia to see this. There are millions of people watching this. The potential for this, for us to demonstrate how we can reward our fans of this team to the other rally teams who have got millions of followers is massive. And we have a right to be there because we're in the rally. We can go speak to these teams. So I think that's what's going to end up happening on this on the long term. It's a great potential opportunity to reward rally fans, of which there are millions all over the world, for taking part and commenting on rally content. So this could be a massive thing here. So congrats, again, congrats, Slav, on finishing the, the last Greek rally. Awesome work. Awesome work. Does anyone know this one? Hive's top model. Hive's top model. Now, I know none of you lot were in the competition. 
but there's some uh, lovely ladies starting to compete with uh, modeling competitions in Hive. So uh, thanks to apps like LikeTu, PeakD. Uh, it's really great to see these people taking part. And that, that's spontaneously happened on Hive. No one knows why. There is, one, there is one that could win it here, though. There is one that could win it here. Maybe two. Oh, hold on a minute. Well, I'm, I'm getting carried away now. <laughs> but yes, we have a great bunch of wonderful women on the, on the platform. And the beauty of this is this is not just about beauty of women. There's much more to this. It's people blogging, posting, building community, building relationships, and they effectively rise in the rankings of these competitions. So it's uh, really, really wonderful to see. So congrats to Hivesart Model. So anyone know this one? Remind me, Eddie. Apologies. Yes, this is the first. Yes, yes, sorry. I'm getting carried away here. I'm thinking about Hive Start Model too much. So this, this is, so Hive has started marketing this year, I think you could say to say. Thanks to people like Krimi. Thanks to some of the guys in Venezuela and Latin America. There's big conferences going on. So this was Hive Latin Fest. Uh, and I've, I've personally got calls now from Venezuela and from Colombia and from uh, Paraguay from people saying, hey, can I come and use your app? I heard about you at this Latin Fest that we went to. And it's just, it's crazy. It's starting to happen. So, any other comments from anyone in the audience from that? I saw you just about to. No? Yes, the same teams organize Caracas Blockchain Week. So, that's going to be super cool to see. I'm actually going to go to that if I can get a flight and a visa there. Maybe you'll be going as well, Dan. We'll see. Hopefully. So, yeah, congrats to these guys. They're doing a great job over in South America. Especially Fermininko. Good man. Anyone recognize these guys? Yes. Where are they? Are you in the room? Everyone just pointed at you, by the way. Everyone's like. So Nathan Sen again. Uh, is Chris Rice around yet? Yeah, he'll be a bit later on, though. So both of these guys took an amazing trip around the world to come here. Uh, thanks for that alone. And uh, they're building great projects on Debuzz over there. But the other thing that they've been involved in, and I think it's been very, very noticeable, is they've been to so many crypto conferences in Asia. And they're really one of the driving forces behind the spread of the word of Hive in Asia. And this is a massive, massive uh, effort. And so thank you very much for that. And uh, it's great to see these things. And I think you're getting a lot of good traction there. So congrats. I'd like a round of applause for Nathan and the Debus team. I thought it was in there somewhere. So uh, at the end of the month, we've got Caracas, Caracas Blockchain Week. And the Caracas, um, well, the Venezuelan community is putting on a separate two-day Hive event after that. So we're all going to try and get as many people there as possible. But I've got a feeling there's going to be more people there than even Hive Fest. Because uh, there are a bunch of uh, crazy Hivians over there in Venezuela. So it's uh, nice to see. So yeah, looking forward to that. Again, Hive events organized by Krimi. These are amazing drives in uh, Europe and America to try and get the word of Hive out there at di different crypto conferences. So I'd really like to give a big round of applause to Krimi for helping out with that stuff. You're amazing. So good. I went to one um, in Vegas last week, and just the we're getting really good at having the stand set up with the different apps. Krim is out there, basically grabbing people and bringing them to the stand, and then going, "You've got to talk to this guy." And we're just it's like a conveyor belt of talking about Hive. You know, it's really get, becoming a well-oiled machine. And it's really nice to see. So thank you, Krimi. Does anyone know why I've put this one here? Any guesses? You're not allowed to guess. <laughs> Can you guess? Did you did you build it? 
<laughs> this is Voltec, everyone. Uh, he's a, a very fundamental part of what's happening here. This is uh, the integration of Speak Network video technology into different apps on Hive, where basically what we're saying is we, we as three speak, the video operator on Hive, we want to build ourselves out of our responsibilities and give them to you as a community to operate yourselves. It's, but it's not a self-centered thing. It's like a, it's a proof of what the technology is supposed to be. We're all supposed to run each other's infrastructure. So this is one of the first moves on Hive to actually do that. And what's happened is um, Xsensi and Actifit have now integrated 3Speak video technology. They're starting to run their own infrastructure as well. And so it means that they will actually have their own separate worlds built for them in the video world so they can provide that service to their users. Uh, and, and at the moment, we're still semi-involved, but we're slowly but surely, as the Speak Network progresses, building ourselves out of that and giving them, giving them and their community full responsibility to, to run that for themselves. So it's sovereignty and independence. And then we can take that to all sorts of other apps and video creators and content creators across the world so they can have their own sovereignty and not rely on centralized infrastructure to serve their users. I think that's going to be a really important thing. Can we get a round of applause for that? It was hard. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's for Voltec. Um, this is the 3Speak video app. So um, Sagar Karathi, 88, has been doing an absolute sterling job on building a really nice 3Speak video app to the point now where he's just integrated podcasts and this is better than the web app. And I'm starting to use this as my main app on my phone now. It's really, really amazing. It's nice, slick. It's got everything that you need. There's still a little bit of work to do, but it's, um, it's coming on really well. So I want to give a shout out to Sagar. Can we give a round of applause to Sagar if he's listening? Thank you. We all know this one, Keychain Store. I've been going around trying to onboard businesses. It's hard work to onboard businesses. I'd like us to try that while we're at the fest, just to see, to get feedback for the community. But this is a great app where you can, you can put an invoice in, what you're selling, generate a QR code, and then someone can scan the QR code. I think that's the QR code to Keychain Store. There's no crypto on it. Don't get scanning it. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great app. Um, Studkev has built that. So um, shout out to Studkev. Great work. And I'm looking forward to seeing that advance. Can't go without saying V for V app, Brian London's here. The same thing's happening on that, awesome app. This is more of a progressive web app, which I think is incredibly important. And so you can do the same thing. You can click receive on there, and you can, uh, you can receive cryptocurrencies, invoices, you can send it. And then, of course, it's also got Lightning integrated. So now you can blog, you can earn non-KYCable crypto, and then you can, as a stable coin, and then you can pay Lightning invoices with it which is actually something that HiveCube has been doing. Uh, is Manu around yet? There he is. That's, that's going to be super cool to hear your presentation next. So I understand people in Cuba are blogging and then paying their utility bills with the blogging money. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I really, really like that. Splinterlands land. They've released land, long awaited, but awesome, awesome work to see. I know the community is very, very excited about that. Um, like to moments. This is a, a, a very cool um, uh, feeds, streams app. What would you call it? What's the word? My mind's going blank. Sorry? It's like stories. No, it's um, a reels. It's a reels type thing. So they've built reels. Thank you. They've built reels. Really, really awesome to see. Amazing short form content there. Good progression from like you. And they've got a beautiful app as well. I really appreciate like you's app. Again, if you can give a round of applause for them because they're doing great work. Nice work from Elmer. And then, of course, Peak D open, open Projects. A few of the things that they do, they've open sourced a lot of the work that they do. 
So any app on Hive can integrate StingChat. Don't have to do any work yourself. You just have to integrate the APIs. Beautiful, beautiful work. Hivehub.dev, where there's loads of cool statistics about what's going on on Hive. API node monitor, where you can monitor the state of API nodes, which maybe most people won't use, but for us, for us apps, it's very important. And of course, the, the badges that they give out for doing various tasks, and lots, lots more on there. So I, I spoke to Javier at Las Vegas, and he was saying he wants to try and make PD Open projects more understood by the community. We, we, we really can gain a lot by integrating a lot of this stuff and save a lot of our own efforts. And of course, you've got HQ, Mag HQ Magazine, where Smooms and Quirkery. There they are. Man, your trip here. Your trip here, Ray. That was amazing. I'll talk, I'll talk a bit more about that in a second. Krimi looks amazing on the front of the magazine here. <laughs> she, she's a little bit shy, but we can make her as red as possible right now. But I'll tell you, I was sitting last night when all you guys were partying at the top. Me and Eddie were finishing some of the accounts off downstairs on the, on the check-in desk. And that magazine was there, and people were just walking by and be like, hey, hey who's this girl, and who, what's this? You sell, Krimi, you sell. <laughs> um, this is Haas. Where is Archange? He's coming on in a second. So on Hive, you can log in without using a password, which is insanely amazing. And this has been making a lot of progression over the last year. So again, round of applause to you there for that, Archange. Awesome, awesome stuff. This is not in the, in the consciousness of most people outside of Hive at the moment, and I think it will become a thing in the future. So another cool piece of technology on Hive. Um, and then we've got Hive Multisig, which is very, very useful for apps like Earth and VSC, who are building um, all sorts of autonomous type things that we can use these multisigs for. Um, it's a really, really cool project there. I know a lot of the devs in the room really like that one. I don't know if the devs want to give a round of applause for that or not. They don't. They, no, they, they do. They do round of applause. <laughs> And then last but not least, uh, as part of this Hive Fest, we've got the movie premiere Free Chain, which I'm really excited to see. It's on Tuesday. Where is Lord Butterfly? And where is Little Lamb? They're probably still directing the movie. <laughs> now, I know that they finished it three weeks ago. Uh, and they've actually been to Hollywood to try and sell it as well. So they're really active on that. And it's a lot more than it looks just as just a movie. There's a lot more going into this. So there's going to be a red carpet event on Tuesday. Wear your dancing shoes. Um, we're going to be having interviews by Neo, and he's going to be interviewing you as you go in and interviewing you as you leave and getting your thoughts on the movie. Um, it's going to be super cool. Really looking forward to it. Okay. That's the end of what's going on in Hive. I mean, doesn't that make you excited about Hive? I mean, my gosh. I was going through this going, oh, my gosh, is this really all going on? And this is just this year, you know? It's, it's coming. It's really coming. It's going to be so cool, Hivers. It's got so many of the... Base building blocks coming into place now. I can't wait. Okay, try and quickly run through this. So I want to give you some details about the show and about the event. First of all, uh, I believe it's right up there. You see those arch windows up there? That is the NFT showroom art gallery. And I want to give a shout out to Krimi for just putting out a quick competition, like really short notice. And we've got 30 submittals. And uh, they're all up there. They're all hung and... Uh, where is Alessandra White? There she is. She really helped out hanging that. And Eurosol as well. want to give him a shout. So go see that. It's really cool. You walk in, and it's like a makeshift system. It looks really artistic, and it's a beautiful space for this art. For this art. And uh, yeah, you can go scan the QR codes. Is there a QR code scanning competition on this, or are we? Well, maybe if the more people that go scan the QR codes, maybe there's something for the artist at the end. 
We'll see. Um, okay, come into the people traveling here. Raise your hand if it took more than 27 hours to arrive here. That's, oh my gosh. I thought it was like three people. It's like a third of the room. So, I mean, a lot of people traveled a long, long way to get here. And it's really, really amazing to see. It shows the keenness and, and enthusiasm behind Hive. Brian of London came complaining about how he was the longest he traveled halfway around the world. And he, everyone was like, oh, poor Brian. And then we found out about Smooms and Quirkery, who did, um, was it two cancellations, two baggage losses with all the magazines? And one, okay, only one, two baggage losses. My gosh. But you got all your bags? Amazing. Amazing. See, they just don't stop. They just don't stop these hive And then we got um, Nathan Sen and Chris Rice, who effectively were, I wouldn't say forced, but their, their airline booked them the trip the wrong way around the world. So they, they went from Philippines to Dubai. How many hours did that take? 48 hours, yeah? What do you guys total? 48 hours. Sort that out. <laughs> More than four. Oh, I see. Now it's getting, it's getting, it's getting intense now. Um, raise your hand. Well, he's not here, unfortunately. But I'm going to put this in the speech anyway. Um, there's a gentleman who's come in a little bit later today, uh, and he's, he, this is his first time leaving the USA for 27 years since his honeymoon. He's doing a speech tomorrow. It's uh, Trust Paradox, in case you don't know him. So when he arrives later today, I don't think he knows that I told you, but just be like, give him a shake of his hand and say, are you, are you okay? <laughs> just make sure he's okay. But he, he's great. He's really keen to come and looking forward to giving you a speech uh, tomorrow at this point. Okay, so quick uh, demographics. Any, any guesses on the percentage of US citizens here? In the crowd. Give me one guess, someone. Shout a number. 30. Have you been looking at my sheet? It's 32%. We've got how many from Mexico? 15 or 15? Close. 23% Mexicans. We've got 9% Canadians. Yeah, you guys are representing. Yeah, see that now they're all coming out of their shells now. We'll watch those Canadians. They'll be taking over Mexico soon. And then Germany, 7%. Barely, barely, it was it was nearly five percent, but it's you guys made it seven. Well done. <laughs> so we knew many were apprehensive about the travelling here. So I just want to give a quick thought and shout out to Paul, the driver. I hope you all had a good smooth drive with him. It's been an absolute mission to make that happen, but he's really kicked ass and I've come close to having heart attacks on several occasions, but we're all here apart from a couple that are coming later today, but everyone's safe. It's great. So thanks for persevering with that, guys, and uh, coming. Transport out of here. We'll do something with Paul, if any of you want to go back with him. Uh, I feel like some of you are going to get comfortable here, and you'll figure out your own ways back as well. So come see me and Eddie at some point during the fest, and just let us know if you need us to book something for you, and we'll make sure that happens so you get out of here. And then we'll just give you a little kick like that. There you go. Um, okay. On to some of the cultural things. Piñatas. I'm English. So when we, when we were walking around organizing this event, Gabby and Dan were talking about, oh, let's do a piñata. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 that sounds really good. And then, I, then I, I, didn't, I had no idea what it was. I was like, hold on a minute, what's a piñata? 
I can't. I've heard this word. So it's apparently, it's the thing where you hang a, a basically a cardboard box and you, it's filled with sweets. We will. I, I'm English. I'm di we're on an island. And you smack it. You smack it with. So I was like, oh, that's great. We're gonna have a load of hyvians smacking some piñatas later. So look forward to that. We'll be giving you a good. We'll be filming you. Don't worry. And then um, on Monday we've got wine tasting in the Val di Guadalupe. And to me, I thought, okay, wine tasting. And I went on this uh, about two years ago with Dan, and it's one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in my life. It's so beautiful out there. The sunsets are amazing. The wine is incredible. So I'm really looking forward to taking you all on that. That'll be on our day off to like, relax and get to know each other. Um, there's a couple of ping pong players in the room, I believe. Hands up. Yes, we, kn we, know. we know this one. Where's the other ones? There is Bitcoins, Mike. So we're having a ping pong tournament. Um, I think it's on. It's tonight. Is it tonight? Yeah, it's between the it's between the breaks tonight. Is it or is it tomorrow? We'll check. We'll check on the app anyway. I can't remember where it was, but it's just up there. Um, I want to give a shout again to Taskmaster. He's live streaming this. Please book an interview with him. Go contact him. Get on his live stream. I think he's streaming from the Hiveblocks account. Uh, it's great content, generate lots of traffic, make the most of the event. There's also Krimi and Neo just over here, and tomorrow it'll be similar setup. There's, there's Neo, give us a wave, Neo. How you doing? They're doing interviews on the deck chairs over here. So the idea is, as a bare minimum, the speakers will come off the stage and go straight to the interview to do their like high-intensity, quick live stream interview and we get some nice content of you. You can use that for your marketing later. But if anyone else wants to have an interview, anyone else wants to say something, anyone else wants to talk about Hivefest, please go book, go see Neo and Krimi and, and sort yourselves out a quick interview there. It'd be super cool to get the vibe of Hivefest across to everyone else, because there's a lot of people watching on live stream. Um, so yeah, please, uh, please go see Neo and Krimi. Last one is, has everyone got the Hivefest app? Hands up if you haven't got the app. Do you want it? That's a bad question to ask on stage, and it should be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't got the app, it's just app.hivefair.st. And you can download it to your phone, and it gives you all sorts of cool features about the show. It tells you who the speakers are, what the venues are, places to go see. Um, there's a map. And finally, there's this last section called onboarding businesses. And, and I want to try and make this high fest about talking to businesses. Whether or not we manage to succeed in onboarding them directly at Highfest is a different question, but just go talk to them. Go say, hey, do you know, that you just look at this payment mechanism, look at um, uh, Keychain Store, look at V4V app, show them it, show them how quickly the payments can happen, and get some feedback from the businesses, because you, you don't realize how difficult it is to onboard the businesses until you go speak to them. And we, we can build an appreciation in Hive about how hard that is and try and get more solutions made for it. And the last thing is, in your tote bags, well, there's a little bit more, but the last thing is, uh, in this section, in your tote bags, there are some business cards. Go use them. Go give them to people. Go out. Let's go, go speak to people about this stuff. We're here. Let's take over. Let's take over Rosarito. Yes. Ooh, one person's going to do it. Who is that? <laughs> okay. For the rest of the day, to finish off here, we've got Beer Saturday. So Detlev is looking after Beer Saturday. He does it every year. So it's just a group of people who like beer. Get the night started off. So after, this, after the proceedings finish here at 5, 6, we're going to be going to Beer Saturday. It's on the beach. I've got it as in a bar on the app, but I haven't had a chance to update the app. So it's on the beach. 
but follow Detlev, he'll go and give you some nice beers there. And then after that, we've got dinner. And by the way, if you don't want to go for beer Saturday, most people, well, not most people, some people probably want to go chill, shower, relax, and then get ready for dinner. So dinner's in Casablanca. Casablanca's where you've been eating breakfast here. But it's at the time of the sunset. So let's try and make it for the sunset because it's beautiful here and they've got the open windows. It'll be a fantastic dinner. Apart from the fact you guys drank most of the alcohol last night. <laughs> um, but we'll sort that out. Then we've got, we're going to try to do some horseshoe throwing on the beach a bit later on tonight. And maybe some tequila tasting for those that are a little bit, that missed the horseshoe, let's say. Um, and then we'll go on to the town with a few people that want to go on to the town. Okay, so that's it from me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate you all coming here. Honestly, it's really, really wonderful to keep High Fest going and make sure that we keep the tradition alive. So thank you. And I just want to introduce Detlev. The man, the beer Saturday man, the talented compare. So Detlev is going to be comparing for the show. So um, give him a round of applause, please. Hello. He, he's going to make the uh, High Fest personal, apparently. Yeah, I... Personal information about us all. <laughs> I will be your moderator for the next two days. And I've attended so many High Fests. And um, yeah, you did a great housekeeping session already. So I can't add much more to this but um, as I like to everyone engage with everyone else in some talk some knowledge transfer and so on I created uh, some fun facts about all the speakers and whenever they come on stage I will explain what they talk about you have it all in the app everyone has the app so I don't have to repeat this again again so I squeezed out of each of the speakers some personal information which you might not yet know to interact later on with this uh, fellow speaker Hyvian to really discuss other things so you might start or should I start what do you like uh, I'm into cycling I used to cycle thousands of kilometers across America and Europe and uh, now I'm a little bit tired for it I'm focused on Hive but so I love that. as I know there are other cyclists around keep him moving a little bit more otherwise he will get too lazy or whatever so you said you like to uh, have a longer ride through europe yeah so this is at least goal beneath all the computer stuff we are Wait, doing it's my excuse to drink beer that Lev. you can uh, cycle lose the weight and drink at the same time it's fantastic <laughs> you, you put it in your backpack we will work it out <laughs> different story um, um, I, I like to start with this as well, so um, many of uh, you know me from the Beer Saturday, but believe me, I have a real life beneath this and another life beneath that, so uh, there are many other things. So uh, when I'm not on, on a hive, um, I like to travel and I like to dive. So I traveled quite a lot of this globe um, and I had several hundreds dive wherever the water is nice and warm and comes with some nice visibility. Another part uh, I, I thought about myself and being in middle America, since years I have the plan, I don't have slides, uh, since years I have the plan to uh, travel just with a handbag or a little backpack for half a year through middle America and South America. Might be some tough time, but it will be on my agenda. So anyway, there will be some more facts and figures from other people, from other speakers, and um, thanks. Um, Starker, thanks, Matt, for this great opening session. I want to try to.
to move you through all the other speakers. Uh, love to see you all online, wherever you are. Please interact with us. Um, let us know some more things. I will try to get it together uh, and bring it to the speakers and whatever. We are just a, a bunch of people who are here and many, many more people who are out there somewhere in the world. Let us know and we will bring your questions to the right speakers or to the different panels we have. Um, and before I bring Archange to the stage, uh, I'd like to give you a little overview what happened before you all have the chance for the next food, means lunch. And uh, there we will have um, from now three speeches um, where we have different talks about different topics. Um, and um, then we have a first panel discussion. We try to do it a little bit more interactive where uh, the well-known people from the blockchain will be on stage in the sun, I guess, uh, burning an hour here uh, with the questions from you and with other stuff from the audience. But first of all, thanks, Matt, thanks, Darkas, and welcome, Arkhange. Are you, you done with me now, or shall I stay? Or? Uh, I think you, you get a break. <laughs> all right, thanks all. We, we, we handle it. Cheers, Jens. Yeah. Um, Arkhange, the clicker. Um, it took me a while to squeeze out, out of this gentleman, some personal facts. Um, and I got it. He is a keyboard switcher. It's a day he plays with his keyboard on his PC. And some other time, I don't know when, we will sort it out. Uh, he plays accordion. It's a different other keyboard where some music noise or whatever comes out of it. So uh, we, we will sort this out this or next or whatever high fest and we'll, we'll see how we get an accordion uh, to the stage and have you performing. We might have some singers so we, the, the, the hive band will be formed uh, sooner or later. So, um, but you have to tell something about the app you all probably use on your smartphone and what's behind. Thank you, Detlef. Hello, everyone. It looks nice. The dress code here today is with a sombrero. Yeah. <laughs> but it's burning today, so it's, we were lucky with the weather because it was quite a bit chill all the day. So, I have my slides, please. Friends. Some slides Some would slides. be there, and it, be it looks yeah. way more sexy if we have slides there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we have to dance. You can make one more joke if you want. One more joke. I know oh. you prepared some. Uh, the most important thing um, I like to let you know, use the app. There is a time schedule in, more or less. It's, it's Mexican style, so we yeah. change timing a little bit. But at least in that direction of uh, speakers, we will be here on stage. We changed one for uh, tomorrow, still no slides, um, and um, we, will, we will go from there. Um, could you please switch to the slides of uh, Arcade? You okay, don't have if slides. If you don't have them, I will, I, will go, uh, okay. I will go without. You go without slides. Okay, so you know there is a hub for Hivefest. You can install it like we do every year. We do some proof of meeting where you can uh, uh, set up your hub, scan someone's barcode, 
uh, QR code, and then you, uh, you need to have a talk for one or two minutes, something like that. And then this man or woman can scan you back. You get one point. There is a ranking at hivebus.me slash ranking HF where you can see your score and your ranking and how many people you met. On the HiveBuzz website, you can see who you met, who you didn't met yet. So uh, use it. It's an icebreaker uh, to make new friends. Uh, that's for the app. Next, I'll, I'll, I wouldn't need and, my And it's as for something else. It's yeah. a great tool. I use it since years to remember after HiveFest, you know, somebody some people of you might lose a little bit of memory because we have these evening sessions. So looking into all this stuff, you still recognize, ha, 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 I talked to that, that guy. I had a chat with Block Trades about whatever, so why not connecting him or other people after the event to stay engaged with the, with the community? Okay, the next slide should be about traveling to Harfest. You saw how hard it can be sometimes to get to IFS, so uh, we want to reward those that make it, that make that effort to come and uh, meet IFS. So uh, if my memory is okay, on the first IFS in Amsterdam, we were around a bit more than 200 people, and then there was IFS in Lisboa, where we had 287 people being present. I don't remember the number of people going to Amsterdam, then to Lisboa. Then we had Krakow with 260, something like that. Then we had Bangkok with uh, 93 hivers being present. And the previous one was in Amsterdam, with, uh, no, it was 93 in Amsterdam. You mix it up a little bit. 129 in Bangkok. <laughs> so we are 93 last year, and we had some pupils, some diehard, who made the first five fest. Uh, there was Ruland. It's really sad that Ruland is not here this year. Ruland, we love you. Uh, because he stayed on stage, I'm doing our fest just to receive a trophy, you know. Uh, then there was Gandalf. Gandalf is missing this year. Gandalf, we love you too. We need you too for a blockchain. Uh, then we had Dana, uh, which is Alpha. Yeah, she's there. A, a great applause for her because it's her sixth high fest on site. Then we had Block Trades. Who is there to help me later? Sixth IFS to a round of applause for him too. And uh, your humble servant here. I have met them all too, uh, so it's my sixth IFS. And now we will see how many of you in the audience made five IFS up to now. There were 15, 15 people that could receive the five fest trophy. How many of them are here, do you think? Do you guess? Give me a number between one and 15. They are not far. 
The first one, I, I thought this morning we lost him in a bar somewhere in Rosarito because <laughs> he was missing. But no, he's there. Please welcome Jeff Jagu. Jeff, come. You then. So here your five first trophy. Whoa. You made them five. Yeah. You didn't know? Great. Oh, stay, stay with us, stay with us. Yeah. For the picture. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. You deserve it. The next one. He knows everything about not blockchain, but beer. Ladies and gentlemen, a round of applause for that left. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You hide this quite a good. I didn't know that this will happen. Yes. <laughs> and the last one, and not the least. If I first is taking place today, it's thanks to him. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Starkers on the stage. Starkers ah. is in the interview. Starkers, we need you. On stage. We do it the Mexican way, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interrupting Everything him. can happen. <laughs> Amigo. Yeah, so. So you made them five. Congratulations. Gracias, gracias. Thank you. That's just really cool. Thank you very much. <laughs> I thought he was talking to his mom and saying, <laughs> "Okay, so please come next year. I hope we will be more than three because uh, slowly people are staking up their fest. So thank you for listening. Enjoy our fest. Have fun, and if you want to make proof of meeting or even proof of act, go for it. Have fun. Thank you." Okay, this brings us uh, to the first speaker uh, today who will be Manu Photos. And Manu Photos is the founder of Hive Cuba. Um, he's already prepared in his lovely Hive Cuban shirt. You have a micro. Come on stage. Thank you, thank you. How are you? How are you, everyone? Manu, great to have you here. There's your clicker if you need it. And uh, we talked a little bit up front, um, not about all the stuff you are doing. We talked a little bit about what you are doing, where you are yeah. from. So we, you are from Cuba, which is not probably so easy to come here. No, it's not. But for me, it was a little easy because I had the visa years ago. So it was easier in, in that moment. Now it's very hard to get the visa. That's why you don't see many Venezuelans or Cuban here now. But obviously, there would be great uh, of all of them to be here. Okay, um, then I squeezed out as well a little bit more information about you as a person and you might see him jumping, running, walking around with a camera because you are a beloved photographer as well. Yeah, yeah I love photography, I, I love what I'm doing, I try always to, to do my best at this. Um, I'm also a web developer, I'm also a community manager, I, I'm a lot of stuff. I, 
I try to do my best on everything. I'm also the the community manager of Twitter uh, of Kitchen on Twitter. Um, also, the, obviously the the High Cuban account too. <laughs> when do you sleep? I don't. I don't get. And I'm gonna I'm going to have a charge soon, so I I won't have any sleep too. Okay. Now uh, we listen to your speech. Um, you have uh, 20 minutes plus. We have around Perfect. 10 minutes of question and answer. Uh, this starts normally when I show up again on the stage. Okay, thank you, thank you. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for being here. I just wanted to say, if you if you don't know me, I also I know everyone. Um, I know everyone because we had chat today last night and everything. But I know many people that don't know me from the last thing. So for them, I'm Manu. I'm Manu Fodos on High. I'm the founder of High Cuba, and I'm here to talk you about a little bit about how we can marketing high to the real world by a community, because the community is all that we need. Um, so uh, it's a big part of high. It's the base of high. There are also the developers and the DAS, but without a community, we're nothing. So I'm here to talk you a little bit about the community in Cuba, how we managed to, cre to create that, and how we managed to grow and make something for for the people there. Um, I'm waiting for the slide, so, but basically, I wanted to show you a picture of our first meet that it was in a, in a little spa a space called La Marca. It's a tattoo studio. Um, they, they were very happy to have us there, but I, there is a, a little... Uh, I wanted others there, that is, uh, I didn't know how many people would come, so I was prepared for, I don't know, 10 people, because the High Cuba uh, community was like three months old in that moment, so no, no many people know about us, no many people were, were aware about High in Cuba, but when we start, uh, and I was talking, there was like, I don't know, 15 people, and then another one come, another one, another one. People need to stay, uh, to sit on the ground, because there wasn't any more places for, for them to, to be on the chairs or anything. So it was a huge impact. And for me, it was the first time speaking for in, in front of a lot of people. So I was very nervous, kind of like, like now. <laughs> uh, right now, because I'm not a good uh, speaking, not that good at speaking in English. So um, after that, I started thinking how we can manage to do, the, do, the, to do this, sorry, uh, in order. How we can reach all the Cubans? Uh, it's like it is a, there's a, a phrase that I like to to say that is uh, we won't stop until we get 11 million Cubans because that's the that's the amount of Cuban that is there there in the in the island. Um, so that I started thinking how we can market in this, how we can do it, how we're gonna get to the people. Um, we started thinking. Uh, we, uh, thank you, thank you. I can uh, manage, yeah. The photo I wanted to share about. So you, as you see, there is like, I don't know, 40 people, 30, that was there, and I was waiting for just 10. <laughs> At the moment, when we started, it was like 10, 15, and then all of them went there. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really nice to remember. And after that, 
we need to focus on knowing our audience. We need to focus on who are we going to marketing high. And when you think about high, you, you think about everyone. Because everyone could be high. Everyone could do something high. There's too many things. There's, it's a whole ecosystem for, for everyone there. But who would easily know what high is, who could post uh, or at least learn everything more faster? And that's people that already know crypto. And there is a lot of people that already know crypto in Cuba because of our situation, because crypto is giving us the power to be one or more of the people in the world. Because without crypto, we wouldn't be able to, I don't know, uh, pay for a service online or pay any bills uh, outside of the country or even work for, outside, for someone or, or any company outside of the company because you can get paid without crypto. From outside, the, from outside Cuba. So that was the, our first talk about it. And then we, t we, we started to think about how we can do that. So we need to marketing high, not, as, uh, not for people that only need to be in high, no. You know about crypto, you know about, I don't know, Bitcoin. You, even you can even be a Masi and you can be on high. It's not a problem with that. We, we embrace all the other committee, all the other blockchains to be here. And that's, that's something that's really nice that not many blockchains do. I, I only know how that is doing this. So. <laughs> and after that, yeah, sorry. After that, we started to work in a social media presentation to everyone. We started to uh, link with other We started to link with other uh, communities, crypto community in Cuba. We even got invited. So, yeah. We, we even got invited to a big event in Cuba that is what Bitcoin has said. Uh, if you don't know the word said, it's a big word in Cuba. It's common for Cuba. So, uh, some people already ask me what is said, but uh, that's, that's another topic. Um, we started to work in, in an organic way in social media and mouth-to-mouth -mouth marketing because it is one of the biggest things in Cuba, marketing to mouth-to-mouth. -mouth. We don't have a lot of these uh, uh, social media campaigns or, or anything like that that exists in our country. In Cuba, it's, it's a little more smaller, so we got to go with, with that. But until now, it's, it's, it's been good for us. We just need a little more push to get to all the people we want. And then by uh, working with all this community, I, as I said before, we were invited to Bitcoin Acere. So I speak uh, in front of 300 people in the same place. And there were like, I don't know, 4,000 on the live stream. So there were a lot of people listening about hi. Listen about how we manage to, I don't know, create content, get out tokens, and pay your bills. You can do that in Cuba, even without exchanging that to, uh, for fear. There is a way for, for doing that. But the other thing is, as, as a community, we need to reach the people. We need to help the society, and for that, we have made some many great things, and there's always these things come from 
alchemist, not from me, that I'm uh, the, the founder, not from some of my team. This always coming from the community. Like the idea of making a, a, a donation campaign after the, the disaster of a hurricane in Pinar de Rio. We went there, we bring the hell there. We made, uh, I don't know, a video about it so everyone knows, so everyone knows the donation. Uh, where, where did it go? It's here, and people were uh, trying to, to know what is high, why, why are you doing this? And that's good too. But also, just, just by helping the society, it is really nice. It's really nice to do. The other thing we do is helping all the communities not create related to creating real life impact in the society and awareness about, uh, about our existence. And it's, you can, I don't know, there is some projects in Cuba, not only businesses, that are trying to help the society in a way, in different ways, but I don't know, last, uh, last month, we were invited to, a, to an event that is called Ciudadela. That is a project that is, is, is trying to get awareness about the Ela disease. That is really rare, but in, in Cuba are like 200 people, but it, there is no cure for that. This is a low life uh, expectancy for, for use. You get the, the disease. And we're trying, they, they are happy, so we want to, to help them. And they're coming now to, to hide too, but we were there, we were talking with them, and we managed to do something together. And that's something we, I think every community needs to do in any content, or even if you're not a country related uh, country topic community, you, I don't know, music, photography, there's, there are many projects with, with any kind of topic, so. And more, the, the, one of the biggest things in Cuba, hi CubaCon, we need a space, we need a space to say, hey, this day, Tomorrow uh, is going to be an event that is all about high, for you, for all Cubans, for all communities. Just come here, and we're going to talk a little about high. We're going to show you a little thing about what we are doing, why you should be on high. And yesterday, uh, no, yesterday, sorry, uh, just a few weeks ago, we had this, our second edition of the High CubaCon. And the big thing is that the first edition, there wasn't any businesses accepting HBD. And in that event, you could even buy some, um, I don't know the, the, the word in English, but in Cuba, it's, like, it's called keke. It's, uh, it's something, you, it's, it's like a snack that you can eat. And people were buying that with HBD. You could also pay in fiat, that wasn't a problem. But the businesses were sitting in there, in, 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 the, in the same, uh, in the high Cuba cone. And there are a lot of more businesses that are coming to, to high in Cuba. And I think we have at least 10 businesses that are setting HPD there. Yeah, this is the high CubaCon, the, uh, the photos from the, from the last one. You see, people are having fun. People are not just sitting, uh, listening to one guy. Yeah, 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 saying, 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 saying. No, they were having fun. They were. Looking around, we was we had some stand for for the Leo Finance SNC and Three Speed and Light to there. So people would come to to a person and they would teach them, hey, hey, this is what you do. No, this this is what you do. This is why this is where the app is. Because if people just see a presentation, they wouldn't get that that much of the information. They wouldn't take that. So it's, it's it is easier for you to show them in the moment. Um, 
that's that's something we didn't do in the first uh, high Kubacom, and we managed to do it in this one. So the other part is never stop making noise. You can never stay uh, for five months without talking about your topic. You need to stay make, uh, uh, making noise all the time. So now we are here, but after this, we need to find something else to, to talk about hide, something else that we can do, some, some other community that we can uh, connect or so, so we can keep reaching more and more and more people and telling this about this. Because in Cuba, it's something that is helping a lot of people. So there is many success cases in Cuba that we can talk about. But I'm not going to do this because it could be a little longer. So but for now, let me give you a little example of what we have which in terms of numbers. We have more than six. No, I think it's 700 uh, on-chain members now. So since I did this presentation, uh, it, had, it keeps going. Uh, more than uh, 1,900 posts created uh, in our community, just in our community. But think about people, it's not only in our community. Many Cubans are posting on uh, pho photography lower black and white community, light to Leo, all the, all the dust. They even play some sprinter like this. Cheers to them. Uh, we are more than ten. Uh, we have ten, ten businesses now, and three startups. That's that's not something you see in a community so so easily. So people can use high to build something. So they 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 have a start for for their own without the need of many capital or the need of a company behind you. No. And I want to talk about two of them. One is. Uh, High Translator is is built by Noah Camilo. You might know him from 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 our team. Um, he built a, a website where you can put your content in Spanish, and to the it, it, it will be powered by by AI, but I, I think it's ChatGPT, and you will get your content translated, and you can also uh, use Markdown for that. You can only choose uh, one of the, the buttons there and say, I want my, 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 my post in this way, and you will get it. And it saves a lot of time for people for that. And you just then the, copy the, the test, and you put it on PD or SNC or whatever you are posting, and that's it. You can even uh, get a picture from Pizzabay if you don't have a picture of your own, and put it there, and the picture will have the link to it, so you can have the, the source of your, of your image there in your post. So you can have the, the creator of the, of the image. And it's also high remesas that is, uh, for me, it is built for the people that don't know crypto that much, that don't know how to exchange it to, to FIA in an easy way, or they, they could have trouble with that. So with this, you can not only exchange the crypto to FIA, you can also pay your bills, like, I don't know, your electricity bill directly with HBD. Using HBD, that, that's so simple. You don't have to change it to fear. They will do it for you. And they will just, I don't know, uh, there is, I think it is a small fee. But that, that's something, if you don't know about it, it is better to pay a fee than losing everything. Attention. So 
And this is just two of them that are hoping that in the next year we have more and more, and also more businesses to be accepting HBD there. So we have an agenda for the future because we keep having ideas of what to do. And this is just a small thing. We want to build a landing website for us, for people can go there and know everything we have. We, we could have all our links there, not even to I Maybe we can even have our post, the post from, from our community there. We can do that too. We want to reach Cubans in other provinces because for now, most of the, the hybrids in Cuba, I, I call it co-hybrids, uh, they are on La Habana, La Habana, Cuba, and there are also a good community in Pinar de Rio. And I think the 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 stuff we do here, do we do there with the, all the head that we went, it makes people to know about high, and there is a big community there now. But we want to reach more more provinces, more. We want to spread all over the the island, and for that, that that's one of the idea what we want to do. We want to bring at least 30 local news businesses into high. For now, we have 10. So we want to keep growing because if our if the hires in Cuba continue to grow, the businesses have to do it at, uh, at the same time. So they, they manage to do a, a circular economy around that. And what a better way to do it with than with HBD. We will also want to get high on national television. It's something that's very difficult in Cuba. We're trying. We have managed to be on, on the on the newsletter on Cuba and some of the, the magazines there. But for, we haven't get into national television. That's something that, that could be really good. Uh, we want to support the creation of more witnesses because that, that's one of the, the only things that is the, the base of, of high. For now, we have the high Cuba witness, but we, we, we want for, for people to have their own witnesses and we want to help them. People from Cuba, we want to help them because if we can, if we made it, why they not? And also, we want to get that landing website into a dot for, for Cubans that could have, I don't know, uh, on-chain posts and off-chain posts. If, if you don't know about high, you, you just post like, like it were, I don't know, Facebook, something like that, 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 that is not uh, worthy. But maybe you could do it as a way for you to learn how to do this and then you know, hey, hey, this is also in high. Oh, they, this is oh, this is a wallet. What is this? And you start to learn about that in an easy way. That's something we, we have in mind. And if you are interested in supporting our community, you should scan this square. You should vote for our, our witnesses, and that's all you need to do so, to support us. That, that's all we we want for for people to to know about and hi and that's i think that's it i said thank you everyone for for being here thank you for having me actually a really great presentation i love to see how other countries adopt to hive with the speed of your help and with with the easiness of doing it i really like the things that you use hive to buy things in shops uh, and so on uh, easily uh, from what people are earned by blogging and so on. So I like to see this growing. Yeah, and I want also to, to say cheers to all my, my Cuban people there and also to the Venezuelan that are doing a great job there too. Okay, are there... Your applause. Oh, no. <laughs> Louder.
Thank you, thank you. You spent so much time in it, uh, and we really appreciate it. Uh, please do like you did before. I will. Okay. Um, are there any questions uh, to this uh, um, young man, Manu? No questions? Some online questions I didn't saw yet. So, as we are slightly behind our timing, um, I like to say again thank you to you. Um, and we see around the next days. And if you like to help the um, Hive Kuban activities, chat with him. Thank you. Welcome. Um, we have another speaker, and as you see, I changed a little bit. It's damn hot in this poncho and hat and so on. And I switched a little bit to that orange color to give a big uh, thank you for starting the whole high fest thing to our beloved Roland, who is still back in orange Netherlands. Um, where they love the orange color so much that we even have orange hats here and so on. So, Roland, we love to have you next time here on stage again. But the next speaker is coming all the way from Vancouver, and it's Grandpa. And um, you are doing many years of HiFest. Uh, I know many of the projects you did, but what I didn't know and again, I squeezed it a little bit out of him. He is a sports fisherman. And he showed me pictures of fishes. Uh, they, they were huge. He, could, he, can feed, he can feed his family for ages, probably, with this fish, if he found a freezer. And um, we are uh, looking forward to your speech. Thank you for supporting Hive all that years. Uh, thank you for doing all the projects, your tokens, your whatever. And you have some new stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's your stage. Thank you. Thank you, Gladlyv, uh, for your kind uh, introduction. Uh, but before we start, I also want to extend thanks to Starkeys, because uh, if it weren't for him, I actually don't see uh, He's probably running. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you so much for organizing this high fest. Um, we really appreciate the work uh, that you've done. Uh, thank you for bringing us to this sunny Rosarito, even though some travel plans took quite a bit of effort, but thank you. Um, and uh, I have a very special like uh, place in my heart. Um, I really enjoyed this uh, high fast because um, through all my years of corporate, you know, expos and conferences, you don't get that spirit of like shared success. Like we all wish success to each other because if you're successful, my project is successful. Today, today I want to present you something new, uh, new functionality and hopefully entirely new dimension for Hive. I will be talking about social shopping on Hive. And um, while the presentation that I'm going to give is mostly going to be about conceptual level, uh, I want to note right away that all of that functionality is available today for all Hivers. And yes, we're talking about launching shops on Hive. So any Hive user can now launch easily a shop. Okay, I need to.
Okay, so we will be talking about kind of shops where you don't need to run the inventory, okay? You don't need to process credit cards, you don't need to answer customer support requests. The only responsibility that you have is to pick the products that you want to show on, in your shop. So basically, you're only putting products on the shelf. So how many of you are familiar with affiliate um, marketing? Okay, just a few words. Basically, you're running the shop, you're recommending products, but the fulfillment is uh, processed by major uh, suppliers. It can be a smaller shop, obviously, but Amazon, Walmart, um, any other. So you go register with them, you uh, receive uh, affiliate code, which you just go into your profile on Hive and you enter into your settings so that basically any references that you're making to shop uh, to any products from your posts, from your comments, uh, from, uh, from the shop itself, that will automatically include these codes. So that is, you do it once, it is very transparent. Okay, the only thing you need to do to add a product to your shop is basically like it. You heart it. You just uh, find it on Hive blockchain, you select it, and it appears in your shop. That's really how simple that is. Um, but it doesn't stop here. You can actually elevate your shop to an entirely new stage and you can create an entire website out of your uh, profile shop. Here you just add um, some colors, you add banner, uh, you can have a very graphical uh, shelves for your store, you can have uh, wiki style pages to basically augment your shop with information on the topic, and you also have the opportunity to do news feeds News feeds, you basically customize a feed uh, using all the news that are published on the Hive blockchain and uh, that relate to the topic of your shop. And you can have an interactive feed. So you, your site is not just a brochure with a list of products. Your site is actually very social, very active, and filled with the actual audience. Oh. Okay. I still can't figure out the clicker. Okay, the shop comes with uh, multiple revenue sources right away. So when you launch your own website, it actually comes, the first one we've discussed, which is affiliate. So if you recommend uh, products to people and they actually complete the purchase, you receive a commission directly from uh, the supplier. But there are other revenue sources. Uh, first is, uh, the second one would be advertising. So in fact, we made it so easy that you can go and register with Google AdSense, which is one of the largest advertising networks. You take the code, you put it into the settings on your website, and then you just select how aggressive you want to show advertising. And basically, that's it. The, because the whole website is based off Hive and you're getting access to all of the user profiles, you're getting access to all of the uh, wallets, profiles, everything, so that users can just come to your website and use it as a completely front end to the entire Hive. 
And if they're posting through your site, uh, you as the website owner also receiving beneficiary commissions, uh, by default it's 5% uh, from author rewards. So it just comes as part of the package. The other important part are sponsored rewards. Sponsored rewards is basically when a merchant says, uh, provides guaranteed rewards. So for example, uh, if you share two photos of this product, like a, basically a proof of sale and uh, a review, so the merchant can offer like five, ten dollars for that post. So you as the website owner actually distributing these rewards, but you also receive about eight percent from all of the rewards that you're distributing. One word about uh, affiliate marketing. Um, Actually, it's a little bit more complicated on technical side, if any of you ever try this. Like Amazon has actually 14 regional stores. And uh, if you're not directing your buyers to the right uh, store, you're actually losing commissions. So here, uh, the only thing you do, you just basically get codes from different geographies, which you are primarily focused on. You enter them in the settings, and the system automatically uh, redirects your users, your visitors. So if a visitor comes from Canada, they're being forwarded to uh, Amazon.ca. If they're coming from United States, it's .com and so forth. So it's really easy. And uh, if any of you ever dealt with Amazon, uh, they also have some tricks. Basically, if you don't generate enough sales in six months, they actually can cancel your code. They will give you happily new one. But now, if you're running like YouTube channel or anything, now you have to go to your archive and change all of the links to all the products that you ever referenced. So here on Hive, you don't need to do this. You just come and change your code to the new one. All your backlinks, all your future links will automatically include the new code. So that's how simple it is to create your own website, uh, full featured with entire high functionality and uh, with a wide selection of products. Now I wanna take a minute and actually discuss um, behind the scenes uh, what's going on. So basically the way it works is a merchant can now place information about, publish information about their product directly onto the Hive blockchain. And from there, this information can appear on any number of shops by simply people referencing and saying, like, add it to my store. In 30 years of electronic commerce, if you look like how the coordination of product information is done between websites, it's actually Excel is still a pretty common word. Excel spreadsheets, comma delimited formats, well, occasionally API, but API is notoriously difficult. So Hive can fundamentally change that. Because if a merchant needs to make a change to the product information, they just update one listing on Hive blockchain. And it's automatically updated on all of the websites that reference that product. So no more Excel spreadsheets, no more APIs, just very simple, very transparent indexing process. The next one is even more important, and we're talking about social, a part of any shop. Is that, for example, I live in Canada, um, and we go to Costco quite a bit. And Costco is one of the major retailers, just in case you don't know. Um, but in spite of all that traffic they're getting to their retail stores, if you go to their website, there are barely any user reviews there. And I found myself many times like, well, 
I have to jump and check reviews on Amazon. Maybe I'll come back, maybe not. If this is a problem for Costco, imagine how much of a problem that is for small shops. So what happens on Hive is entirely different. If a user comes to any of these stores that reference that product and makes a post about that product, that is posted on the blockchain. So now, this post is connected to the product, and so all the other shops are immediately showing that product on their pages as well. So reviews are shared between all of the um, shops that reference that product. It's seamless. It's very simple. Just think about what happens today in the Web 2.0. Every shop is essentially an island, right? They're trying to do their own database of users. They're trying to collect and build their own database and knowledge base about products. And each of them starts to collect user reviews from zero, right? And they're competing with each other. They're making life difficult to each other. But essentially, all of them are just struggling and doing the same work over and over again. Hive has an entirely different paradigm. Because no matter how small is your shop, you have access to the entire database of all the Hive users. You have access to the entire knowledge base of all the products. You have access to all of the reviews that are already published on the blockchain. So you are launching a very sophisticated, advanced social site in an instant. And it can compete with very major brands easily with all of the functionality and depth of information and user engagement that you will have on your site. So in regular world, if you look at basically um, the current situation, Amazon, which achieved a huge economy of scale, dominates the market, dominates the number of reviews they have, everything. And all the other shops are just basically struggling at the, uh, trying to build their audience, trying to build their knowledge base. Um, some of them are more successful than others. But with Web 3.0, the situation is entirely different. We can allow small shops to actually stack on, each, on top of each other. They build on top because they already have the information about products. They already have reviews. They share the user base. So instead of just being all of these small silos through Hive, all of these shops can actually work together. I don't know if they will ever compete with Amazon, but decentralized uh, technologies have a pretty interesting track record in that respect. So this is a quick summary on the conceptual level, what's going on. And in the next few slides, I want to show you actually screenshots of real shops that are already running of the Hive blockchain. So this is a camping site uh, with uh, nice categories. It's called camping.social.gifts. It's in the left corner. I understand it might not be visible from afar, but you can open it on your mobile phones. You can open it. Uh, it's mobile friendly. Uh, you can open it on desktop. So we're, uh, they're using beautiful pictures to basically provide information about over like 3,000 different uh, products and items. It started with a very small initiative. Uh, my friend was basically um, uh, avid camper, and uh, I asked him, can you give me a camping checklist 
basically what kind of products do I need to take with me, just not to forget to take when on a camping trip. And then it became more and more complicated eventually, like adding a lot of options for every single item, and that became uh, the site. So this is how product pages look like on, uh, on the site. Uh, they're quite advanced uh, and uh, pretty recognizable uh, for most people who do shopping online. Uh, what I want to point out is that uh, the product not only have a gallery, but it also has options. So basically different colors, different sizes. Um, so it's all supported. Uh, the data schema that we're using on Hive is very advanced. Also, the beauty of Hive, because it's a social network, so now you can augment uh, product listings with actually social postings. In this case, you can see how the product is being used and uh, uh, you can uh, record videos, you can repurpose some of the videos from other platforms that are specifically saying they want their um, uh, email, like videos to be shared like from YouTube, uh, TikTok. But the point is the customer comes to the product page, they see actually how the product can be used, can be maintained, how it compares to other products. And it won't be Hive without a vibrant social feed. So this feed is just compiled uh, from all the posts uh, that are uh, mentioning camping, outdoor life, hiking, and other related tags. And uh, you have a continuously updated stream of news uh, so that your visitors to your shop immediately are uh, immersed into a community. So it's not a dead brochure. It's actually a very vibrant community that they can interact with. So there are other examples of shops. Uh, this is a coffee shop. Um, tomorrow uh, there will be a presentation uh, from Clean Girl about how the, the, the like behind the scenes process of building one of these shops. I strongly encourage you to, uh, to listen to that presentation. But the point is, um, we're, these projects look great. They're very well architected. Uh, they're, they're also designed for search engine optimization and all the other things. So, yeah, that's basically some of the screenshots, uh, similar to give you like a flavor of how the design, these are all real screenshots from real products. Okay, um, I think Potentially, just uh, in terms of user onboarding and everything, adding entirely new dimension to Hive, adding entirely new functionality, such as shopping, I believe has a great potential. So it's open to all Hive users today. You can easily create a bookstore. You can create a custom store. Uh, you can be very basic about it, like just basically add products, and they will be automatically arranged into categories. Or you want to be very creative. You, uh, you want to build like wiki pages around it. You want to build catalog pages, uh, shelves. Uh, it's all open. It's all available and easy to, to use. Thank you. Now we have sound. That was quite interesting because this drives way more, let's say, normal businesses into uh, the Hive audience. Um, I guess some of you people might have some questions regarding this, hopefully. 
who likes to open the next shop? What kind of shop do you like to do and ask? Um, is there a, wait, wait a second, there is a lovely man coming with a microphone to you. Hi, so I built the Clean Girl Shop and I'm going to be talking about it tomorrow, but I have a question. Do you think that in the future we are going to advance from just affiliate shops to even more advanced shops where we will have our own inventory, processing credit cards, things like that? Of course. Uh, today you can actually add uh, a shop from, let's say, uh, because most of shops would like to keep their processing of orders uh, privately. Okay, because you don't want to disclose the shipping address for products and all of that stuff. So most of the fulfillment systems will probably continue to be on private solutions. So you can link today any private solution, like if you have a Shopify, you can easily just basically uh, take your catalog, upload it to uh, Hive, and uh, basically reference it in your own shop. And the beauty here is that you can combine it with items that are not necessarily in your stock, okay? So that, uh, yeah, you can probably uh, offer access to some of the items that are in your stock, but then also augment it with uh, additional items that are supplied by somebody else. Like, for example, if you're building a store on Amazon, you know, like those private stores, uh, you can only uh, put products which you ship yourself. And that limits your, you immediately. Like, for example, if you want to open a bookstore and recommend best books, uh, well, you probably don't want to be engaged in shipping all of them. Maybe you, you're producing or maybe you have some, but maybe there are other products that you want to combine with yours. So this is the solution. This is exactly a question I have because my own shop with, I don't know, 20 books. Um, we will have a chat later on how we could move this into that system and add some other books of some friends or whatever. Another question. There's a microphone for you. No question? Uh, we, we have another shy New Zealand guy. <laughs> I'm very shy, I'm sorry. Um, if I was building my own custom community front end, how easy would it be to integrate the shopping features you're building? Well, uh, here you can, there are some tools uh, that are designed to show the community here as well. So, but if you're designing some custom user experience, uh, it's very simple. You're just launching a website, it has URLs, and you can embed these URLs as uh, frames or, um, so we support custom domains, so you can basically um, add like a third level domain that you like uh, and uh, prefix the functionality you want to show there. It's highly customizable. Okay, some more questions. Um, as being in business probably as long as you are, what is the business model for you behind it? The reality is, I was thinking um, also in terms of like onboarding people to Hive. And the, this way is that the shop owner actually can make it profitable for themselves. So they're not only just taking like Hive rewards and distribute them, but they actually can bring a lot of new audience. Uh, and the new audience, which is focused on a particular topic, okay? So like camping, 
or coffee lovers, or it can be a particular sport, it can be fashion, it can be beauty, it can be any hobby. So you can have a site which doesn't look scary. It, it's not about like, you know, just, you know, get your keys and the uh, censorship resistance. Like, no, you're just basically offering information about camping. It's very useful, it's easy accessible. It's just a regular website. But as people being more, becoming more comfortable, they see that there are some posts, that these posts have some rewards. It may get people interested. We also offer guest accounts, so people don't necessarily need to start using it with a full you know, set of private keys. They can start with their uh, just Google or Facebook account. They can earn some rewards. Uh, they can actually withdraw their earnings uh, into directly into Litecoin, Bitcoin, Ethereum, high HDD. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I like the idea to have this as a secret onboarding system for community-driven shopping. Thank you. Cool idea. Um, Thank you. Any more questions? If not, I like to speed up a little bit because we are still a few minutes behind, um, and I like to. Your applause. Um, I like to search Waltech. Where is he hanging out? Already ready. You have a microphone. You need a microphone. Um, let's see how we get a microphone to you. Rampo? There are several microphones coming. As well with this young fellow here, um, I. Um, I'm more than happy to have you on stage uh, with blue caps with Hive logo on it. Um, and uh, Voltec is uh, a smart guy doing programming on 3Speak, on SPK networks and all the other things. And we'll talk about smart contracts on layer two. All nice. But there's a guy on stage who is as well a person and he needs to do some things beneath all these computer work. So beneath... Uh, doing all this fantastic work for the blockchain, he is biking and surfing. We discussed this morning at breakfast that the surf here is nothing. <laughs> Can you switch it on? It's, let's see, it's on. No, it's on. Um, wait a second. A little bit more sound on that microphone would help to understand the speech. Um, we will work it out. Maybe another microphone is coming. So um, that one works. It's on. Yes. Test, test. Oh, better. Okay. Um, so, biking, surfing. You look skin. You do more sports or more programming? Eh, more, more coding. More coding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And also traveling. I like to travel a lot. Um, I've been around like ten different countries at this point, and uh, yeah, just just keep adding to the list. We will discuss later on about <laughs> traveling and our next goals. But now it's your stage. Have fun. We are looking forward to your speech. We have slides, so you have 20 minutes. All right. Uh, so a little bit a bit more about me. Um, I joined Hive in 2018, uh, originally for DTube. And I initially was like, all right, what's this thing that has a rewarding blockchain, you know, decentralized video? It's kind of interesting. So I started doing some more research and looking into how the underlying technology works. And then eventually I got pretty involved in what was Steam at the time and now eventually Hive. And then in 2020, I got approached by Dan and Matt to start discussing what eventually became the Speak Network and working on that for the last two years full time. 
and now VSC, which is the Layer 2 smart contract system, uh, off-chain Layer 2 smart contract system for Hive. Um, so uh, VSC, um, is, since it is Layer 2, it's on IPFS. Uh, all transactions, well, most transactions are on IPFS, and they're anchored into the Hive blockchain. So they all get synced up into the Hive blockchain. Um, given that it is off-chain, you could also use your off-chain accounts, uh, so like the DIDs that we are working on uh, with Speak Network. And those could also be just directly from Ethereum. So you can use your MetaMask to sign in and post and interact with this uh, smart contract layer. That ultimately hooks in with Hive. Um, Oops. Now, we all know, um, from the conversations I've had with a lot of people here, we all kind of know the challenges of Hive. You go to an Ethereum developer today and you ask, and you say, hey, you should go integrate with Hive. And they look and they say, how am I going to do that? There's no smart contracts, there's nothing I can work with, there's all these different standards. And even worse, you go to a manager and you say, wait, why doesn't your team integrate Hive? And then they look and they say, I'm not going to integrate that, I'm not going to pour a bunch of money. Because right now, to actually use Hive with smart contracts is very limited. You don't really have any good solution or any good uh, actual standard behind it, uh, whether that's for NFTs, smart contracts themselves, or any mix of different things that you want to do on-chain. It's really kind of hard. All right, so let's see. So I'm going to go into kind of a general structure of uh, how VSC works. And hopefully it'll all kind of make sense. Um, I won't go too much into the tech side, because that can get quite, quite in-depth. Um, so I'm just going to stick to, come on, just All right. So VSC proper contains a validator-like system. So that's DPoS voted in uh, validators using HBD as the main kind of governance unit. You lock the HBD into a multisig, which then gives you voting rights to actually vote in the top set of validators. That also will give you the ability to generate RC credits, um, which is not something that's going to happen now. It's just kind of a flat fee and no fee at all for foreseeable future until that's implemented, but you'd lock in that HBD, which then allows you to then vote in those top validators. And these are kind of the top dogs of the network. They manage everything from the multisig to the final say of what actually happens on, on the system. Um, they, are, in a sense, aren't too, light, aren't, aren't too heavy nodes. They just go in, they pro process uh, Hive blocks and, the, and VSC anchor records, and then uh, do all the validation and sync it all the chain. However, the executors do actually bulk the bulk of the work. So they will actually go out and execute the smart contracts. They will take in the smart contract JavaScript code, and they will take in the input data that is from the anchor chain, so all off-chain IPFS stuff. And then they'll compute the output. And so each pool is about 25 to 50 or so nodes, and they all have to sign off for the state to be updated of that contract. So this allows you to create multiple individual pools per each contract or set of contracts that then scale horizontally with load. So as you increase the overall um, amount of contracts and volume of transactions, uh, then you would increase the amount of incentives for the individual node operators to go in and scale it out. So you won't have a situation where uh, CryptoKitties goes in and it blows up and then all of the transaction costs just go through the roof. And then the actual smart contract VM. So it's all JavaScript based. So that means developers from the normal world can generally go in and work with the language. It's not some fancy EVM thing. It's just simple JavaScript. Now that being said, we could expand support eventually for EVM or WebAssembly, which would be more of a mature solution, uh, which then we can uh, offer other things like having uh, EVM directly on um, BSC. 
Um, most on-chain operations can also work with, um, can be done through a smart contract. So anything from like transfers to account ownership can be done through your contract, which I'll have a bit more on that uh, later. And so w aside from just modifying uh, the state of the contract, so like if you have uh, a token ledger, you can um, say, hey, this person now owns this new balance. You could also do on-chain operations through the multi-sig. All right, and so the biggest thing that I want to push forward here is uh, one-time RC delegations. Right now with Hive, for you to onboard a new user, you have to do about three different transactions over the course of about three blocks, so about nine seconds. You have to create the account, do an RC delegation, and then finally they can interact with the chain. And additionally, that RC delegation, you either have two things that are going to happen. You either underdelegate or overdelegate. You either underdelegate by giving them two little RCs, where they have plenty enough for them to use, but you're spending all of this RCs that's now locked up in an individual account, which means that those RCs is stuff that you can't actually use. And in fact, with 3Speak, we have a lot of users that just have RCs in HP that don't use it. And almost 90% of our resources goes completely unspent. So instead, with, the, with a staked HBD that generates RC credits, you can generate a one-time code that allows you to then stick it into a transaction and authorize that transaction to debit RCs from a main master account. So in the case of a DAP, like 3Speak, we'd have our account that would be staking in some HPD, which would then generate some RCs and then can be sent out on demand to individual users, which means you could sign up a user and actually post a transaction in less than a second. Typical Web 2, you, get, you enter into a URL uh, on a simple request, and now you have an authorization token that you could use to sign and, off and actually commit that transaction off-chain. And of course, that ultimately will interact with on-chain uh, via the multi-sig and other means. All right, and then contract-controlled multi-sig. Talked a little bit about that already. But that's essentially controlling a multi-sig account that has kind of delegated permissions for each contract. So VSC has its main master multi-sig account. And you can effectively program that account to do certain things that you'd want according to what scope. So in, in most cases, that would just be transferring in tokens for like a DEX or some other system that requires uh, on-chain balances. And in others, you might want to own entire accounts. So you could create an account completely off-chain from another user that's just controlled through a smart contract and then, then goes to the multi-sig on Hive. And so that means that you could have all sorts of systems like referrals that are just running on actual smart contracts instead of backends for the referral part, part of it. Um, additionally, this doesn't stop with multi-sigs. Eventually, multi-sigs should be replaced with a little bit of a better solution. So this is just kind of the medium halfway point between something that could actually natively interact with layer one. Oh, and also, one second. And also, this is, we've already been testing this live. So if you can see here, there's already a Hive account set up for our multi-sig testing that we've been doing, which has been sending in coming transactions and outgoing, and of course, doing the update cycles of uh, maintaining ownership. Right. OK, so another thing is, uh, aside from all of the you know, custom contracts that you can build, um, there's also a lot of standard contracts that are being worked on. So like, in this case, a ledger contract, which is just you own account balances. You can send it around. People own it. Um, but also part of it is uh, being off-chain. So you can have an off-chain address that actually owns funds separate from a Hive account. So like for specific purposes, I could have a multi-sig account between two people. Maybe let's just say uh, Dan and Matt have their multi-sig account. That's a one-time use account. Well, 
one time for one specific purpose that they control so they can put some Hive funds in and they have those Hive funds that they could use for HiveFest. So say, all right, well, I'm going to put some funds in there. We both control it now. And then we can go send that for whatever purpose we need. So that even allows dApps to use that for uh, like payments. So if you want to accept a specific, um, if you want to have like an invoice, this would be a special address that you would actually accept that payment for. So you'd go in and create that address, and then you could receive it and then send it. And of course, this interacts with off-chain accounts. So that means that you can actually have like an Ethereum user come in and own real Hive in a smart contract and interact with it through the smart contract. And if they do have a, if they do happen to get a Hive account, they could then redeem and withdraw that Hive balance into an actual uh, real Hive account. Oh, and and additionally, um, they have H native HTLC support which means that you can actually do cross-chain swaps with the uh, ledger contract. So if you want to have a, do a cross-chain swap with Bitcoin, you would put it into a, uh, like a payment address that's then locked up on both the side of Bitcoin and uh, on BSC, and then execute that smart contract when it gets redeemed on the Bitcoin side. So then you can do that swap directly between tokens on VSC and something that's on Bitcoin or another blockchain that supports the same, uh, same standard. All right. Now, Bitcoin wrapping. Uh, I was initially going to do a public demo showing Bitcoin wrapping, but for a whole mix of reasons, both on scheduling and technical and everything else, that's not going to happen. But in the following few weeks, uh, I'll definitely be doing a public demo on actually showing the proof of concepts behind Bitcoin wrapping, and hopefully something that kind of resembles as close as production as what you would want to have. But we'll see. Um, so the important part with, with Bitcoin wrapping is it's a fully trustless, decentralized collateral bridge. So wrapping providers on Bitcoin have locked up collateral and VSC that act as their guard against any kind of fraud. So then when they take in Bitcoin payments, they could post the proof onto VSC. And then that proof allows them to effectively mint that wrapped BTC to the user. So they would then go receive that wrapped BTC. And then when that user wants to withdraw that wrapped BTC, it then goes through the unwrapping process. And if that user or if that wrapping provider um, fails to redeem those tokens, fails to send them back, then their collateral gets slashed in accordance. So, and this is also based off of the Xclaim framework, which is a trusted uh, wrapping uh, framework that's been already been used on Polkadot and I think Ethereum as well. Um, and so it's a very similar concept to that in terms of how the chain relay works and actual collateralization. All right, uh, and then so the chain relay. So aside from just supporting wrapping, which is actively proving and disproving transactions on Bitcoin. Um, it could also be used for a number of things. Um, so if you have an application that needs proofs and, and information from Bitcoin, you can actually read that state right from Bitcoin through a smart contract. And all of this data that is uh, being proxied in from Bitcoin is just held within a smart contract. And it's all layer native one security from uh, Bitcoin because it's actually doing the header validation of Bitcoin inside of the smart contract. So there's no trust on any kind of secondary source other than to give you the Bitcoin data. And then the smart contract does the validation using proof of work. So the actual smart contract, assuming the smart contract VM is secure at the core, it, it's completely secure because you're using the actual proof of work algorithm from Bitcoin to prove and disprove operations from Bitcoin. And then, uh, yeah, here's just a chain relay proof, which to most people doesn't really mean anything, but there's the output and input that just says where the data came from or where the, where the transaction came from and then where it's actually uh, going to.
All right, and then uh, here is a Mint operation. Um, initially, when I was doing my testing, I set it up with its own ledger contract, so it could actually um, mint some wrapped Bitcoin when it receives the proof from the chain relay, and then I could send that around within the uh, smart contract that is the ledger, the ledger contract for wrapped Bitcoin. Let's see. Uh, so this is the end. Um, obviously, there's a lot more to build. So uh, we have a proposal out on the QR code on the right. And then, uh, of course, the website, vsc.eco, um, PD blog, Twitter, you can all find that. Um, so for the next two or three weeks, I'll have a comment period on the initial proposal draft. And then uh, shortly after that, I'll actually release the real live proposal. Um, and of course, uh, yeah, we have our team here. Uh, my, myself, Platinum. Um, Payesh, one of our new developers that we're working with on the front end, um, of course. Yeah, uh, and we also need more help. Um, so if you are a developer that is watching this or in the crowd somewhere, uh, we have jobs available, vsc.eco slash jobs. So. Perfect. Great, cool stuff is coming yeah. from a surfer boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, this is really interesting. I think it's opened way more doors to uh, other things. I like the uh, multi-sig function for helping people not to spend everything or for, for events like this. This is a cool thing. I was asking already a few times uh, if we have something like this now. It will be there soon. Soon, yeah. Yeah. Um, Please, if you are online and uh, see all this here, go in contact with these folks, engage with them, have a chat. We are here to connect, not only to show what's going on, but you need to be connected wherever you are, wherever you are sitting with your skills. Feel free to join um, these folks. If you have any other question, go to my account, Detlef, and ask me something. I will to try to answer or connect the right people together. Are there any questions for Voltec? Not everyone together? No questions? Brian? Come on stage and grab the mic. It's way more easy. We are a family here anyway. I'm going to ask the question about lightning, obviously. So I, I think I'm going to have to work with you, and I want to work with you because uh, I want to build the same functionality, and I, I think that will be possible without the, without being able to prove what happens on Lightning, because you can't. It's sort of internal, but I'll be able to receive that is taking Bitcoin from Lightning or some other source and instantly converting that to uh, wrapped Bitcoin. So the chain, the actual wrapping process does take some time. It takes around anywhere from three to six block confirmations, plus a little bit more. So that does add a lot of time, right? And most people might be like, oh, I don't know. But so you can go through something like Lightning and then directly hit something like value for value and then convert that to wrap Bitcoin on Hive and then send that around instantly within a very short period of time. That's exactly what I wanted to hear and what I need. <laughs> and whenever this is working, we need some posts that everyone could understand it easily below developer level. Yeah, yeah. So that's the other thing is I also need somebody to handle social media and, and all of that. But okay. uh, yeah, so there, in the proposal, the, the bottom section um, of it, there is a section on what roles we need. Um, and then, of course, the application. So if you go to vsc.eco uh, slash jobs, it just redirects you to a standard kind of uh, job application format. Uh, and yeah, just uh, need, need front-end developer, uh, back-end developer, and then somebody to handle media. 
Okay, thanks again. Um, any more questions? Okay, then may you save some of your questions for the upcoming panel. We now have uh, some more people on stage, and I call Block Trades, Crimson Clad, they call me Dan, Archange, Voltex, don't go away too oh. far, oh. and disregard Fiat because you're still in the panel. Oh, right, right here. Yeah, stay here or okay. sit down there and relax for a minute until we have some more chairs um, on uh, the stage. So um, this is uh, the panel before we will have our lunch time up there. And again, please have a look into the app. Look around what you uh, have on next activities. Um, we will have uh, some activities in the afternoon after the sessions. Uh, we will start here. Uh, again at, let's see, um, 13.30, 1.30, um, after lunch we will be back, but now we will first have the uh, panel about Hive blockchain, yeah, and we need uh, seven chairs all together, so if one more hand could help, one, two, three, I, one, two, three, four, five, six, and me as a funny moderator in all this. So, uh, first of all, I like to um, have disregard Fiat on stage. You're still missing a microphone. We can arrange this, and or I borrow that. Um, many people already knows you quite well. You're from Paraguay, and this is one of the fun facts I squeezed out of you. And uh, you have a something with your NFT pick, which uh, we will discuss later on when you have your speech. Yeah. The next one we have on stage is, Vol find a chair you like to use, is Voltec. We already saw your uh, talk. A person I don't need to uh, explain to anybody on uh, Hive blockchain, um, block trades. He is the master of all or many things behind the the blockchain at all since many years. Um, I'm really happy to have you here and I squeezed as well some not so much secret out of you but uh, you're a quite good uh, table tennis ping pong player and we will have you at the tournament later on. Grab a seat and um, be with us. Archange, where are you hiding? Lovely. You, I don't get Archange, I get you? Yeah, sorry. I can handle this. Consolation prize. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Crimson, yes. we all love you to be on stage, we all love you to present Hive, but there's a, another live in Crimson, which is as well going with, let's see, this one. That one. That one. <laughs> uh, we, we, we love the same uh, kind of music. So um, beneath doing all the stuff, you spend your time on listening to metal music and you have a me metal music radio, TV, streaming show, yeah. head. Admittedly, it's been on hiatus because I've been traveling for Hive so much. I so know. now, for Christmas, I get to bring my metal show back. So oh, Full Force Radio will be back for Christmas. Yes. <laughs> we are looking forward to this. Um, grab a seat. Uh, there are some microphones uh, hanging around. Dan, Dan, you made a lot of these things here happen with your contact to all the people here locally. We talked half a year ago around uh, about that this will take place and the V is falling down. That's a guitar joke. It's a flying V. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the Voltec V. <laughs> but I as well uh, like to introduce you with some, some personal notes and uh, 
I think most of the people know that you're an ex-professional poker player. And what I as well added, you're a cook. I cook, yes. And your special meatball recipe takes 10 hours. 10 hours, yes. Okay, we need to find another high fest where we will test this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will cook meatballs for next time. Yes. Oh, that's that's good idea. So I think we have everyone. Archange is still missing. He's over there. He's over Archange. there. Archange. Archange, where are you? Somebody go over and interrupt the live stream. Okay. Anyway, Vincent. <laughs> now we start without him. I grab him. Start the discussion. I will try to grab him out of the live streaming session. Um, we will talk about all the things who happened on. Um, Hive blockchain lately, um, and I guess you all have a few things to say, to discuss, to uh, talk about the latest stuff which take place. I only have a rough list of functions starting from marketing about latest pressing matters on Hive, in, in, including payment integration, APA. Integ I don't know where to start. Who wants to start? Let's say other word, latest first. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've got a lot going on, and I think probably, you know, for those of you who haven't been familiar with me, my name's Krim. Um, so it's been a weird year for me, certainly, because I've changed a lot of my focus from core code and kind of working with the core group to showing off what they're doing. Um, and that's been a very interesting transition for me because in some ways I'm much more connected to what's happening in our ecosystem and in some ways I'm a little disconnected. Um, but it's been really interesting getting out and, and I'll be talking about this tomorrow a little bit and seeing some of the changes in people's sort of attitudes towards blockchain in general and towards what Hive can do. Um, and so you know, in terms of kind of setting us up to talk about what's going on, some of the biggest changes are people care a lot less about just magic free money anymore. And that's fantastic for Hive because obviously that's always been a struggle for us is it's one of the things we do best, uh, but it's also, it, it, it's not the best way to onboard people. And I'm gonna warn you guys, this hat is gonna sail away. So one of you guys is gonna get bopped. This was a, this was a, poor, this was a poor choice, but it's that or I catch on fire. So we're gonna make it work. Um, so yeah, I, I think it would be really nice to kind of talk a little bit about some of the um, things that we've been doing as a group, and especially you know block trades. Everybody here is working on things for this, uh, but tech that starts on Hive that can bring outside blockchains, Web2 platforms, integration to our tech stack. Um, really easy ways of integrating stuff that Hive does really, really well that other blockchains don't have an option for. And you know, starting with half and, and working out from there, it's, it's quite interesting to see how many opportunities we have to kind of target these outside groups because they're trying to build solutions that we have had either already working or in progress for years now. And who else could better answer some more stuff as block trades? Um, I guess, so as Grim mentioned, we spent a lot of time for the past, I'd say, years now um, working on trying to democratize the development process for Hive. Uh, the core code for Hive is C++, and there's not as many programmers that are comfortable to work in that area, and the code's pretty complex. 
So what we've really been focused on is getting the interesting data out of the, the core code into uh, what we call HAF, which is half Hive Application Framework. And it's essentially a SQL database uh, that people can interact with, people can write software in that environment and basically be interacting with the blockchain without having to know how to uh, program in C++, for instance. And uh, SQLs, for people who don't know, which is probably a lot of the audience, is essentially just a very <laughs> standard database language. And you can write uh, code in many different languages to talk to those databases to write your applications. Um, and it's not like this is something new. I mean, people do this all the time. They take data from a blockchain and put it into a SQL database. But one of the problems a lot of times the way they do it is uh, blockchains have this interesting thing, which is data that's supposedly uh, happened in the data in the blockchain can be reverted, something called a fork. Uh, and this is a problem that programmers often, when they're writing applications for blockchains, don't necessarily take, take into account properly which means that their application may do something based on some blocks that get generated and then those blocks go away and their data, their software doesn't account for the fact that those blocks are gone. And that's a problem, especially depending on what your application does. <laughs> so we really want to... Uh, we're, All right, it's just high fest for a bit, okay? We're just going to let it be. I think it leave the V down. Yeah, we're going to leave it. That's the one the base. <laughs> so anyways, um, one of the driving forces between half is this idea that it, it can tell your application when blocks that you processed have are no longer there, and it can even automatically make your application adjust for that fact without you having to write software to, to take advantage of it. So that's really the gist of what HAF is for. And it's sort of a building block to build other things on top of. Uh, we're interested in working on a, a basically a, a smart contract platform based on top of that. Uh, but, you know, I don't want to put down the guys' work these guys are doing. I think that's fantastic. The, one of the big ideas behind our process of having second layer smart contracts is that we can have many competing and not even competing, even complementary platforms that can process transactions. It's like Hive is like a base layer and it has a really nice, tight governance model, very very solid software. And then you can build all these different things on top of it that um, you can try your own ideas out for how you want things to work. And it's, the, it's just a base layer that makes sure that it says, this is the order in which things happen. And that's actually one of the biggest things the blockchains are for, is just ensuring that everybody agrees that things happen in a certain order. It sounds very simple, but it, it was that's one of the big promises of the blockchain, really. So I guess that's what we've been working on, it, you know, pass it on. Yeah. Uh, well, just going a little bit off of uh, what you're saying. Um, yeah, so half's great. And in fact, the VSC Block Explorer already uses half as its main kind of parsing engine. Oh, that's and, great. And uh, yeah, and VSC proper will, will probably go that route where it's like built on top of uh, half as its parsing layer just to reduce the amount of data that has to be uh, synced up from the lower level. Um, but I do have a question on, on the actual uh, contracts itself. Sure. Uh, as far as I'm aware, that's that's second layer, right? Like that's not like I've wrote some half code that now can change the entire state of, of that's the correct. It's strictly yeah, so second strictly layer. second layer just based off of, of yeah. Hive. My idea is really to avoid having second layer I mean smart contract stuff on the first layer. Now not saying someone can't do it, but yeah. but custodying methods, I think, would be the way. Like some yeah. of the things you guys are talking yeah, about. Yeah, like multi-sig or something exactly. like that. Exactly. And, and I mean, the route forward to really solving multi-sigs, because they do have risk, is lay, like native layer one custody layers that allow you sure. to own sure. funds and do things on chain from another layer, and whether that's maybe smart contracts or something yeah. else like no, that, I think that's specifically dedicated yeah. for that, that use case. Basically, yeah. I just don't want the, the fundamental protocols to be 
but you know, as long as you're working within, yeah, escrow layer is not a big deal. Right? Yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah. Well, it would, well, some kind of layer on top of yeah. that to to handle those more advanced, uh, more advanced things. Yeah, yeah, I think that's perfectly reasonable addition to the first layer. That's great. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. Sorry, by the way. I'm yeah. Sorry. I'll, I'll need the help. Get in there. You're doing uh, stuff too. What was the question? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let, let me uh, drive this to another question, otherwise we get stuck here. Uh -huh. um, payment integrations is something I have on my secret list. Uh, what does it mean for Hive? Is anybody going to tackle it? Yeah, yeah, man, here. Well, payment integrations, as we've been planning HiveFest and getting people to download the app and seeing the process involved, they love how instant it is. They can see their name. They can see that they get it. The fact that it's crypto, that's where the awareness needs to raise. So in places you know, like Cuba, Venezuela, where they're much more crypto privy and they understand that, yes, this stuff has value and they understand the security measures, I think it's very imperative to create circular economies. Um, you know, crypto, Lord Butterfly had a good saying, I'm gonna butcher it. Um, you know, Hive is the promise of what crypto is supposed to fulfill, which is, you know, banking the unbanked. And if you, your transfer costs a dollar and you're only trying to transfer a dollar, defeats the purpose. So Hive here clearly is head and shoulders above everyone else. If you look at HBD, it's basically mirror world. We can adapt that to what we deem as a community the most stable asset in the world. Right now, that's the US dollar. So people who can't get dollars, they can't get stable currencies. They can now blog, earn, be able to turn that into HBD, buy goods and services with it. The merchants get it. They say, this is easy. Why would I cash out? then you start to see these circular economies. So that's what I'm really interested in. It starts as, hey, you know, I can buy some cool things with my crypto to, wow, you know, we create circular economies where they didn't have infrastructure for banks. They didn't have access to this type of technology before. And a lot of it's overly centralized. They can cut your services off. They don't have to worry about that with HPD. So I see payment integrations like Keychain, v for v I always looked at Bitcoin as sort of our fiat, right? We're not on any of the big fiat exchanges, but we can always go and convert to Lightning, and Lightning, you can get your favorite fiat. And I think that's a pivotal bridge um, to start to create this outside of the grid system where you're not reliant on centralized forces. You at least have an alternative. Yeah, and uh, I'm super excited for more decentralized technologies that would make it automated. So now I can integrate with uh, some kind of system where I can just go from Hive right to Bitcoin or some other place like, like Litecoin and then trade that out to Fiat with whatever Web2 already existing bridges there are, uh, Fiat on ramps, uh, Fiat on, on off ramps. Um, so making that automated and decentralized and then just plug and play, hook up it to your app. I want to accept some crypto payments and then I can send that wherever I want uh, after the fact to, to cash out. More questions, more news, this where I got Fiat, what's on your side? As far as payment goes, I don't like to touch fiat. I think it's a little legally dangerous. So in general, I would like to support companies that are more mm, established to, 
take say like three speak could charge a subscription fee that would enable people to utilize their infrastructure, uh, better infrastructure, or upload longer videos or 4K videos or something like that, and that gives them a way to pay for their infrastructure and lower their costs that would be associated with taking money out of the hype ecosystem. So it's still a net boon and a way to get capital into the system without actually touching the capital ourselves. Interesting point. Um, I have another topic which is a bit new to me that we have it or when we have it off-chain accounts was on that list. Uh, could someone give us a little bit more light into that corner? Uh, like are you asking how it works or just yeah, what it means? If this is already available, what we can do. I, I saw it in, in combination with the multisig uh, wallets you offered. Yeah, so at the moment, what we've been testing with uh, the testnet is just you have a smart contract, uh, you take some off-chain transactions that are created by a DID, which can be uh, either just a, a raw public key or something that's attached directly to Ethereum, and then interact with that smart contract. So uh, whether you're doing, that's doing transfers or registering domain names or something else that you've programmed. And then uh, the next kind of phase is actually building that into more of the multi-sig, where the multi-sig actually acts as uh, an agent of the off-chain account. So uh, that they can actually interact with Hive through that through that layer. Clear enough. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those things where you know <laughs> we've got these pieces that are pulling the tech in, um, but Arkansh and I were talking about this on the live stream. Um, Automagic is what we need now, right? Simplicity and and a reduction of difficulty. And so a lot of people understand, like, okay, I know how to make an OAuth account, you know, using a Facebook or whatever, right? Like people are very familiar with web two methods of this. Um, and we've certainly got people who could bring those sort of off chain identities that they've built and use that to onboard. So we've got a couple groups that are doing it. And so obviously Voltec and the ceramic accounts and light accounts and everything that they're pursuing is one. Uh, Leo Finance is doing it as well. And so it's not necessarily that everything is off chain, um, but certainly that there are portions of data that don't need to be put on chain, uh, but we can draw from Web2 and kind of get people in easily. Um, and that just kind of comes back to the idea of not everybody's ready to just hop right in and start powering through posting on the chain and that's okay. Um, and that's been a struggle for us. That's a paradigm shift because we're like, how easy is it to blog? Just post something. Uh, and then we realized, yeah, I haven't posted a personal post since 2019. So who am I to say that to somebody, right? Um, it's just understanding that people are going to fall into this space and into our products in different ways. And so just giving them a sort of like toe in opportunity to easily make an account without actually all of the sort of heavy ideology that comes with it is is going to be critical to the next part of our growth for sure. Vincent. I will add on what you say. What we need, and, and I will jump to what Matt said, Sarker said in his, in his introduction speech, we need businesses like in Sucre where people use Hive, they pay, and that's it. They didn't, don't know anything about the blockchain. That's what we, we got with Splinterlands. They, people, they play, they use, they, they don't know they use Hive. So we have a lot of very good technical tools now. Uh, that's nice, but we now need to go to business and to build things on top of Hive whatever technology we use and then go to the masses through the, that channel. 
like payments, like you said, easy payments and so on. Yeah, what, what, what people do in Cuba yeah. um, to um, have the, the, the value still in a chain it's moving from one to another without having a bank in the middle who eats our commissions and so on. Yeah, and it should be easy to use, easy to do for the, for the layman. Like going off of that point, there's already a lot of systems right now, like Magic Link and Taurus, that allow you to onboard onto Ethereum and other platforms like that. So building and integrating those tools into Hive would really make in actual onboarding a lot faster. Um, and right now with 3Speak, we're already working on uh, integration with Magic Link, so you can go sign in with uh, like Discord, Google, uh, Facebook, and all of the other options that are just natively supported by that provider, which then we would hook it up to like an off-chain account or proxy or something else to actually do the posting. That made it way more clear. Thanks. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure what you were asking at first. But <laughs> are there any questions to the uh, podium out of the audience? Yes. Um, we need to get you a microphone. I really like what you guys are talking about in terms of integrating Hive into businesses. And I was wondering what Hive can offer a business structure in terms of voting and in terms of uh, can, can I use Hive to, you know, take my whole company and all the people in my company and have them make decisions in that company? And how could we integrate that into Hive? Good question. Um, so that's an interesting sort of like a governance model amongst the business. Um, I've heard of businesses wanting to have front ends where only their workers or their customers can post to it. And then if you think of it, maybe they can earn points. Those points could be powered up and they can upvote and then they influence the trending. So maybe they say, this, this business sucks. You know, they don't want that on their trending, but they don't have any control over it because it's the community, so they have to really um, tote the line and provide good services. As far as earning stake, you'd have to find a way to divvy it up, way to earn. Maybe you add incentives where people get a set amount of points based on what their rank is or what their, their position is, and then they can earn points and earn more governance rights in the future as businesses become more autonomous and more worldwide where anyone can get involved. Um, but I think that communities all, or businesses always want to reach their community and they want to be intimate and they want to know what they want. The community wants to feel heard. So I think these dedicated front ends where you know, you think of a coupon, well, instead of that, maybe if you have X amount of points, you automatically get um, the coupon and you get recognized as being a good customer. And all these things can happen on the front end. And that's where I think Hive has really made a tokenized social status in a way where you can earn social rep and actually have value from that because people can see what you've done. So I think mixing that with businesses is really magical. And I think the first business to really touch that is going to have a you know, a really good experience. Yeah, um, so this is one aspect of it for sure, is you have a social platform where you breed uh, brand ambassadors essentially, and that's, your employees can be part of that. But kind of to speak to your question, one of the things that has been happening as I get out and I move more in spaces where there are oh, other I'm blockchains. Um, so there are, you know, uh, 
uh, let's say, competitors who are trying to tackle things from a purely financial standpoint, which is what a lot of blockchain is designed for. Let's be realistic, right? Most blockchains try to tackle financial problems, financial solutions. Hive is poised to solve a lot of other things. And the way that we talk about it is really important. And so for businesses, I mean, essentially, if you think about Hive as a vehicle for sharing immutable text, or even just pulling known entities and their actions, it would be very interesting and very easy to do something like, okay, anybody that works at your particular company at any given time, your company account broadcasts a JSON with you know, a little bit of information about them or whatever. And that's now available in the blockchain. You know, uh, anybody can pull it, but you can also pull it. So if they want to vote on, you know, decentralized polling has been released a couple times, but the Peak Open project has just put it out there. You can run a poll. You know who your employees are. You can pull all that off the blockchain. Nice, easy, fast. Put together a half table. You know, do it from HiveSQL. You have a lot of options. And all of this stuff is held. People can double check it. Your employees know you're not rigging a vote. There, there's a lot of ways that you can use data in and out of Hive very differently than we think about it now. And so this is kind of the next phase for me, certainly, is helping sort of businesses, blockchains, you know, everybody out there. What other than just uh, sort of the social side of it, what else can you do with this tech stack? Because it turns out, holy crap, there's a lot. Um, so, you know, from from your question and the standpoint, there's the rewarding answer, which, you know, Dan nailed. Then there's the flip side, which is, you know, knowing that you can store almost any information in Hive's blockchain and knowing that you can work with a recognized identity and connections between those identities, including votes or just text strings, you've got so much information that you can manipulate and pull and use. So it's very much like having a specialized database, except you don't have to build that infrastructure just for your company. You can have it be open and provably fair to any degree that you want and anyone can do that. And so any business could just jump on that and start, you know, building from that from that standpoint for sure. With no fees and not having to pay gas fees to do something like a business vote. And I think this is where like a VSC or honeycomb or half would come in and yeah. any any of this business logic that you have come up with or anybody else can come up, you can probably share it. It's all open source. So just start your community and make it whatever you need it to be. More questions from the audience. The moderator not prepare enough questions? I, I have an audience <laughs> who is probably like to ask you everything they ever wanted to know about Hive. So um, I have some more topics here on, on my list. Uh, Server-side console-based proof of access storage. Who? <laughs> Hello. Oh. Hi. Oh, there's oh, one question. Yeah. yeah, so I have a question. Um, is there a way to speed up the relationship between HBD and Hive? Uh, I see that the exchange, the Hive Dex, is still like in beta. It's been data in beta for a while. And right now it's also very obscure. Like most people don't know about the exchange. Uh, they will have to wait three days for them from switch from their HBD to Hive. And Hive is really... I mean, it's available on Binance, it's available on many exchanges, and HBD is not. So it's a, it's a kind of like a throughput to have to jump from HBD to Hive and then 
wait three days and then go to Binance. And I think it's just a marketing issue. It's not really that the tech is not there or the tools are not there. It's just that people don't know because it's not available in their wallet or whatever. Yeah, so there's a couple parts of this, and I was going to give it to Block Trades at first because half of the question is conversion, which is the 3.5 day aspect. Um, what I can talk to is the exchange process. So I do a lot, uh, if not most, of the exchange outreach for us. Um, let me tell you, that is difficult. Imagine going to some of the biggest financial, centralized financial entities in the world and saying, hey, I don't have a first name, I don't have a last name, I don't have a company, we don't have an address, we don't have a credit card, we don't have anybody that's ever audited our blockchain, uh, do you want to list us? And they go, get wrecked. Uh, so it's a long process to kind of negotiate these listings. The other flip side is too, um, the standard practice right now for centralized exchanges to get listed, oh amazing, thank you sir, um, is pay, pay me. Because centralized exchanges are not doing as well as you think they are, uh, I hate to tell you. So the reality is, is their business model isn't always trading fees, even though it should be. Their business model is to find new projects that are funded by stupid money and to extract that stupid money from a new project before it dies. And that's a really, really unhealthy business model. And it means for us to get HBD listed and you know to do that convincing, the fastest route that is not always even still open to us is to pay them something ridiculous like two, three Bitcoin at a time. Um, that's not really super viable for us at most, uh, in most cases, but it also um, is problematic in that we are seeing more and more regulation. So it's not us, we're free, we have HBD, it works, it's convertible. Exchanges, when I go and work with them, you know, I'm under NDA, I'm fully doxxed, we need legal documentation. And then we hit the wall of who owns Hive? Who, who programs Hive? Who owns the code base? Okay, cool, give me a docs team of everyone who's ever worked on the code. So when you get these projects that, you know, come out and they spend the money, they spend two, three Bitcoins to get listed, they put up two or three sacrificial lambs who go to court the second the rug pull happens. Um, that's how these centralized exchanges absolve themselves of problems. That does pose a problem for us as a blockchain that is actually truly decentralized, isn't owned by anyone. Um, it, it does make it tricky. So it, to avoid kind of taking up the entire talk on this, um, we do have some attempts. We do have some attempts to kind of get HBD listed more places, um, but you do have options as well. And, and I hope personally, that between swaps, on-chain DEXs, and cross-chain DEXs, we're going to see options versus centralized exchanges. Because let's be very realistic, the countries that are already blocked from these big exchanges, like Binance, they're probably not coming back, and more countries will drop. And so the reliance on centralized exchanges is uh, it, it's pretty problematic. So the idea of getting in and out of HBD, you have you know the conversion, which is the three days, but you also have internal marketplaces. You can trade instantly. There are a lot of people who don't want to wait that three days. So you know the point that you're making of waiting is really important, and part of that is we don't have enough people talking about our on-chain like internal marketplaces. And we're just now kind of getting more ways of, of accessing them. We've got more people who are creating um, front ends for them. And part of that is really actually driving you know, our own people to provide liquidity. Um, there's not a lot of HBD on the market. It turns out everybody really likes it and wants to hold on to it. So I mean, from a conversion standpoint, I don't know if you want to 
one of you guys wants to jump in who's working on core code, but I mean, it's, it's what you. I mean, it's what you said. I, I think maybe, I feel like almost you've missed, uh, there's an currency exchange you can trade right now. And it was the intended mechanism at the very beginning for how to go from HPD to Hive or vice versa. It's just the on-chain on -chain exchange. The the 3.5 day conversion is really, it's not meant for trading your HPD into Hive. That's not really its main purpose. It's a mechanism to sort of allow you to allow to maintain the pegs the, the the pegging price of HPD. So if somebody sees the peg goes really out of balance, they can quickly just exchange to Hive worth the same value and sort of they don't have to wait for people to buy it from them. So it's a it's an it's an enforcement mechanism that allows the the pegging price of HPD to main, maintain. It's really not meant for average people who want to take their HPD and make Hive. That's that's why it's 3.5 days. It, it's 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 an inconvenience that should drive you instead to trade at the market with other people and you could trade, you know, in three seconds. So that's that's really the reason why there's that kind of difference. I mean, there's some other reasons for that delay and to prevent market manipulation and things like that as well. But the driving idea is you don't you don't do the 3.5 day unless you're training a lot. If you want to make a really large transformation of HBD to Hive or vice versa, then you might use that mechanism. But for smaller amounts that people would normally be doing, the exchange is the way to go. And there's, like, like Krim mentions, there's multiple interfaces to that exchange at this point, uh, I think. So it shouldn't be too hard to find one you can use. A good, I guess a good big brain collective here question would be, okay, so we know that we've got, you know, our great interest, um, and that's really incentivized people to hold HBD, which is part of the reason there isn't a lot of, you know, native liquidity. People aren't always making trades. How do we how do we get people using it? How do we get more people who want to trade back and forth between HBD and Hive using our internal marketplaces? Well, once we start getting more liquidity and people start understanding the internal market more, what I would like to see is, because you have bulls and bears and you have people who like to speculate, like myself, and instead of going to Binance and trading for some centralized stable coin, you can trade back and forth into HBD, creating a circular positive loop for Hive. Because you're never cashing out. You're just going from risk on to risk off, but you're still in the same ecosystem. So instead of giving all those trading fees and giving all of that energy and liquidity to centralized forces that we are opposed to and can cut your account off and not helping us one bit, it's just a temporary Band-Aid. We can create our own environment and our own destiny by encouraging people to go risk off, just meaning I don't want a volatile asset. I'll go to HBD and I might stake it and earn in between swing trades or whatnot. So I think that's critical. I guess the only other thing that occurs to me from, you know, just the question itself is maybe we need to make it more obvious in the interface. So, I mean, and I say the interface, but we're talking a bunch of interfaces, right? Maybe we just have something when you click on your HPD, just your mount, it pops up and says, would you like to convert this to high? <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, I mean, so I think there is an aspect to it where it is a marketing aspect. I mean, Mariari has a great, uh, a great marketplace view. Peak, uh, Peak D has one with HiveHub.dev. Uh, they've got a great market there. Like, we used to sort of be constrained to the internal market on Hive.blog. Um, now you've got a lot more sort of rich, in-depth options that you can do with it. 
uh, I think we probably, uh, there's probably some work that to be done even internally where we can get people kind of using these versus the thought of, I must go to the only centralized exchange listing, which is, I think, Bittrex, which is, you know, that's, I, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> To be quite honest, I wouldn't take my HBD out there. Um, so yeah, it's it's how do we get more people kind of moving back and forth? Because we're in this magical place now where everybody that gets HBD covets it and either wants to use it to buy game assets or wants to stake it and hold on to it for interest. So I mean, there there is certainly an aspect of, hey, there's not as much on the market when I need it and want it. Um, and, and vice well, versa. In so. fairness, though, he was asking to convert from HP to Hive, so... Well, those, those <laughs> are the options. Whichever way you got to go, I think we could probably get people more excited about it. Yeah, could I ask a quick question? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's being polite. <laughs> Do it, please. <laughs> um, quick question. Uh, on the flip side of that, going from Hive into HBD... Um, of course, we've got the three and a half day conversion, but is is there some opportunity here for hedge funds to get incredible liquidity in a stablecoin if they're going through Hive into HBD and doing a buying program over, say, a hundred days, where the three and a half day uh, time window doesn't really make much of a difference, if, as opposed to us normal people who might do one trade and not and you know not want to use a three and a half day window, a hedge fund might think, well, if we're doing a buying program over a hundred days going straight from Hive into HBD, it's it's a large liquidity pool. It kind of makes HBD an incredibly liquid token right now, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I, I think that's completely true. If you want to do large transactions without, you know, changing the slippage as much, that's one of the things about the conversions. You just get the price at the time. So when you don't have to worry about someone saying, oh, this guy's trying to buy it, and we'll drive up the price on him. <laughs> It's incredibly elastic. People say we need more HBD. There's a theoretically infinite HBD. Is um, more people need it, the market cap of hives raises, which means more HBD can be there. So it's just a tool that a hedge fund can use and find incredibly useful. Ryan, on this subject, that's one of the things that I saw lightning as a sort of a easy non-KYC on and off ramp uh, and it largely is and um, you know I charge a very small fee I, I charge a fee more as a token to stop abuse rather than because I you know I have to it's small volumes at the moment I mean certainly with <laughs> with more DHF funding I could just do away with the fee but I just I don't want it ever to be totally frictionless and free but certainly for Binance has put in now a, a 2 million sat, uh, which is $500 or so, limit on in and out with Lightning. Uh, but there are lots of, there are, there are in many jurisdictions now ways to move. You know, I'm talking about the $100, $200 type transfers. And those can be done efficiently with Lightning. And then my system is very efficient at getting Lightning in and out of Hive. So... For the smaller amount, this isn't for the traders, this isn't for the $10,000, $20,000 type things, but for buying things and doing real stuff, uh, that's where I built V for V app. And um, I hope it fills a niche. And, and especially once we get wrapped Bitcoin natively on, on Hive, then there'll be this option where people won't have to, if they want to stay in sats and they like to denominate in sats, they can do that. 
or they can go into HBD uh, and backwards and forwards. So, you know, that, that's where I'm, that's, the, that's the, the lower level of that that I'm trying to fill. What was the question? It wasn't really a question. I'm just <laughs> promoting myself. I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> um, okay, another topic I got, uh, if you're talking about HPD, to my ears more and more is which APR do we like to hold? So um, it's a long discussion. There are different opinions. I know. Um, is there something we should talk about here? Well, I, I think right now what we have is very primitive. I think there's consensus that, you know, 20%, 10% or whatnot for three and a half days is just kind of silly. Um, we've had talks amongst the community about creating something called Hive Bonds, where you can lock the HVD up for a year and you get a higher, more realistic interest rate. So I think the debate over the 3.5-day window is kind of useless and a waste of energy. The debate should be what should the APR be on a year, how long should we have the windows? That's what we should be looking at. Yeah, because many people see this 20% APR as a good investment because if you look around, there are not many investments with that APR. So is this a magnet to drive people to Hive? It has to at least be as high as the uh, inflation is. And inflation is like 3 to 10% right now. So I think that's going to be the lowest. Yeah, I agree. I think it's in between. It's a good magnet because, as you say, 20% is big, big number. But we didn't promote it outside of Hive. If we wanted it to be a magnet, we should have made promotion uh, to as a platform or to as a user. And, and on the other side, when you say to people, hey, if you buy HBD you, you, and you stake them, you can get 20%, they say, mm. It's not possible. So it, it's really hard to sell. But we, we, we didn't really make the effort to promote uh, this APR outside of Hive and to see if it works or not. OK. Right. More questions from the audience? Yes. Please state your name first. It makes it a little bit more easy. Hi everyone, I'm, I'm Chris Rice, and my, my question is, uh, how many people here have considered integrating dynamic staking into Hive, where instead of having a fixed time where you stake, let's say I think it's 13 weeks, and the savings also has a fixed time, what about allowing people to choose how long they stake, and also altering the reward system based on the longer you stake, the longer or the more rewards you get in terms of interest. And I have serious interest in that because of the security aspect where I would personally be interested in staking longer than 13 weeks to make my funds more secure. Um, I think that's interesting. You have to, so there's, there's some two things to look at here. You, you know, one of the reasons for a long lockup is the security, but it's also security versus an exchange attack. Um, it deters exchanges from using user funds against them. Um, we see most blockchains that don't have any staking time. Their biggest validators are Coinbase. Their biggest validators are centralized exchanges like Binance, whom we know we can't trust. So it's about deterring that sort of attack where people are going to use funds against the wishes of the users, but also 
making it to where it's more feasible, right? People are, are it's it's a lot to ask somebody straight up to uh, you know go lock up for three months. So there's a fine line there. Um, I'm not going to pretend to know the exact answer. Dynamic staking, it sounds like it also might bring some dynamic problems. We have to really game theory that and see. I don't think longer is going to be a problem. I think shorter is where you have to really be close and, and um, could some good debates there. At least uh, for the Speak Network, we do have dynamic staking. Uh, it's more like if everybody here votes to have it shorter, it goes shorter. And all of the things that we're talking about, like safety, security, everything else is based on those staking distance or the staking length. So um, it'll be part of Honeycomb if you want to use those kinds of systems. And if it if it works out and it's a feature that everybody wants, maybe it'll go higher on to level one. <laughs> we're we're all just burning. <laughs> Poor hive. <laughs> Um, That's a proof of burn. <laughs> proof of burn. Some more questions. <laughs> we move then or we stay here. We burn a few more minutes and then we have lunch. Then we burn from inside. Yeah. yeah. Um, another question. Hey, so um, I'm Brian. Um, I'm kind of curious about uh, just, I, you know, for me, an elephant in the room is retention. Uh, I've been to a bunch of high festers off. off Obviously, less people. It's 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 cool. I don't really have a problem with that. But I'm curious what uh, what things are happening towards retention, um, and something that I'll I'll mention amongst just regular user. I'm just a regular user. I'm not political. I'm not technical. I, I don't really get into the things. But sometimes there's a feeling like you can't say something because you're worried that one of these kind of whale downvoting powers will, will blast you. Um, and I'm just kind of curious if, if you see that some of this thing is maybe what's pushing some people away. I know we've lost a lot of great people around some of these battles of downvotes and just retention. In My question is around retention in general and any ideas of, of how to get people to stick around more and simultaneously like a way to maybe have less of this like intense thing of that somebody can just come and destroy you. Uh, I don't know if there's even a solution to that, but I'm interested in it. I know nobody. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so I think the answer is layer two communities. I think trying to onboard a new user to just hive, curators can only curate so much. You're going to have politics. So I think if you go into a community about cars and you talk about cars, you're less likely to be downvoted by a car whale, so to speak. And it sort of gets people into their own vibe and their own community. And whether these tokens have value or not, it's all about reputation and status inside that community. You ever see like a group of collectors or any kind of um, niche topic, you share and people respect you and people will put in painstaking hours just to get that. You see it in Reddit, subreddits, for example. Um, so I think getting the technology to make plug-and-play tokenized communities is essential. Once we get people on the Hive, you don't just say, oh, there you go, get your Hive upvote. You say, oh, what are you interested in? Oh, and then they'll naturally go to a Leo Finance, and they'll naturally go to a skate.hive community where they're going to have curators who are on guard for that type of, um, that type of um, content. So I think um, 
just looking at Hive, I look at Hive as a distribution mechanism. It's very cold-hearted to try to come into Hive and earn some Hive upvotes only. But, you know, you go to Leo and you share some nice financial, um, you know, I wouldn't call it advice, but, you know, you're talking crypto and people like it, you're probably going to earn some Leo, at least a lot, a lot easier than you would Hive. And I know a lot of Leo users who actually earn a lot more Hive. Some of them might not even know what Hive is, and that's the ultimate goal, to be able to use an app, earn on it, whatever you're earning, um, be a part of a community without even really realizing the underlying technology. So. so, I mean, I think there's a couple of prongs to this, um, and some of them are kind of missteps, and some of them are kind of natural. And this is, it's a thing that I kind of think about a lot because as I'm kind of moving around in different spaces and talking to different types of people, it turns out if you build a human blockchain for humans, they are going to human all over it. Um, and that is a new experience for a lot of people in this space. So, I mean, you're absolutely right. Retention is always going to be an issue. And part of that comes from the fact that, you know, the birth of our chain and our platform and our story and even our legacy chain was initially presented to people as, you know, very much intrinsically tied to cryptocurrency. And market sentiment, and I know we hate saying things like that, but market sentiment and, and the overall attitude of everyone to cryptocurrency and blockchain has boom and bust cycles in the overall space. And you'll see it in our own users who will be like, well, why should I come back and do anything? It's not worth it. And so some of it is absolutely retention because of interpersonal issues. But some of it really is, um, you know, you, you came here not to be social, but you ended up being social towards an end. And that's not a bad thing, but unfortunately that precedent was set. And so now we've kind of entered a new, uh, I want to say a new era, but we're, we're getting there where, yeah, we are dApp first, community first onboarding. And that's very different for us than where we kind of started. So uh, for us, especially the ones who are here at HiveFest or who are watching on the live stream, we're so immersed in this community. We're so familiar with each other that when somebody does go missing or when a community does look not as busy, for us, it, we notice it. We're getting to know each other. We've, we've known each other for many years. But retention will always be a problem. And so it's one of those reasons that when we are helping dApps on board specifically, um, getting them to the right people, getting them to the match of what they're doing is so important. Because this isn't a hive, just a hive problem. It is, and that's the one that matters to us. But you build anything and retention is your number one concern. Any project, any business, any, you know, influencer, you have your moment in the sun and then your community kind of peters out. How do you prevent that? And it's basically, you know, a product match with the people that you're, you're getting connected to. And so I'm not saying that a lot of the people that come to Hive aren't a good fit for Hive, but they often get onboarded in a way that doesn't right away connect them to what they want. And we've seen this shift where we're saying, okay, dApps have to onboard, dApps have to market. And, and it's true. And so for us, especially, you know, a lot of the core, core team, core groups, um, our, our job is to help build better tools and to help dApps succeed at that. That's got to be the next phase of things. As to like sort of the downvoting um, aspect, yeah, there's no doubt. Nobody likes to get downvoted. That sucks. Like, gross. It's not even about money. Just like, you don't like me? Well, I don't like you. It, that, again, human's going to human, right? So, you know, we've seen this, though. We've seen big... Look, YouTube took dislikes off. You know, 
and they're still experiencing just plummeting user base. So unfortunately for us, downvotes in a lot of ways, again, you have established relationships over years, people who are incredibly passionate, and then you pair downvotes with it, and what it feels like to us is just people lobbing Molotov cocktails at each other. But then the flip side is you have people who have been downvoted for years who are like, haha, still here, still going to comment on your stuff, still posting. So I think it comes back to how do you build tools for granularity? You give those people that same ability to keep going because they're obviously driven. And you give the people who right now maybe use downvotes in a specific way, you give them better tools to just trim out the experiences they don't want to interact with. And I think that's probably going to be the biggest thing is like, how do interfaces, dApps, projects, tools, how much more granularity can we give to a person to just say, I don't want to deal with you. I never want to see you again. How do we make that work really well so that you don't necessarily have to downvote most of the time to like hide someone from your feed or whatever. And I think that's going to be a big, a big part of diffusing some of the the passionate fights that we see on chain, hopefully. Matt has a question or answer or something in between. Thank you, Starkers again. Um, you guys are really working on the cutting edge of this chain and this technology, and I think this is an opportunity to tell the people, the world, and everyone watching on live stream, if it's possible, Detlev, if every one of them could just give an answer to this. Keep it relatively short. But I'd be really interested to know from each one of you guys, because there's no defined definition of this and it can go anywhere based on the community. But in the next two or three years, what, do you, what things do you think we're going to be doing on a daily basis on Hive? As you guys are building this stuff, what interactions are going to be... Are we going to be making transactions on Ethereum from Gmail accounts through Hive? What, what do you think we're going to be doing? And again, not to make you promise anything, because I appreciate... This is software, and it can go anywhere, and it's going to take a long time. But just give us a little clue as to where you're thinking this is going and what it's going to look like in the next few years. It, it was more or less exactly what I planned now without talking to you. So um, coming to the point, if you have a wish for a hive, what would be the, the biggest wish we could look for, plan, even if you don't go that way, but maybe to tell the audience what you have in mind would be damn cool. Who wants to start? Yeah. I think we have a good base technology and all the bricks we need to develop things. What we no need to focus on is developing useful stuff for layman pupil. And they don't know they use Hive, but they, they will need Hive to operate or to interact with our blockchain. So everything will grow, but they should not know about it. And we, so with one word? We slowly need to shift from technology to use cases. Thanks. Yeah, the technology really needs to power the, the UIs. So we need good technology that uh, equals good UX and that does everything that we need while also being still like decentralized and secure. Um, so like <laughs> having having uh, seamless bridges with different ecosystems where you could easily on uh, on and off ramp users into Hive uh, auction accounts so you could easily uh, create accounts without spending uh, RCs um, and uh, like flexible smart contracts and scaling so that we could actually scale out to the hundreds of thousands and millions of users uh, active per day. Go ahead. 
So I kind of see Hive as, as a really big put you, thing. Put your mic a little bit closer. I guess I have a different mic. Oh, love it. Uh, so I see Hive as a really base security software. Like now you go to a website and you don't see the little lock on the on the top and you're like, I'm not going to touch this. But really, that that is the level of security you're giving yourself when you're on a blockchain. And I'm really hoping that more and more of our interactions go into this space. And uh, back to like the, the, the retention question, I think if you walk into a bar and there's nobody in the bar, you kind of leave. And that's, that's kind of what it feels like when you walk into Hive the first time. You're like, wow, I don't care about crypto at all. And I saw the post that I want, so I'm going to leave. So I think uh, a lot of people are working on things like union indexers to get more personalized feeds coming to you so you actually feel like you're in a place you belong instead of, you know, just an echo chamber for something you don't care about. So I guess it's probably no secret what I've mostly been focused on. <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of problems in the world where we have centralized organizations that for one reason or another aren't always the best. And so we need solutions, decentralized solutions. So my goal has always been just to make Hive a, a base layer. <laughs> You'll hear the term a couple of times. Uh, and make it easy. Make it really easy for someone who wants to solve a problem, decentralize a problem, make it super simple. And unlike Archange, I don't think we're quite there yet <laughs> technologically. <laughs> I think there's still a lot of work we can do to make it much simpler for devs. Uh, so. I'm not saying devs shouldn't start now, they should, but that's the way we find problems along the way. But we certainly can do a lot of things to really ease the, benef the, the, the work that devs have to do. I mean, we talked about things like second layer uh, accounts, uh, light accounts, whatever. I think we can have things like a half app that would sit there and you could register keys, then all the different apps can go look at that data on the blockchain and say, oh, this this key is owned for this account and I can use it in my app too. He can he can sign things with that key. Yeah, yeah no, I've, I've been looking at this, just linking those two identities and linking your Ethereum uh, address with your Hive. Exactly. It's all proven cryptographically. So, so we can have very simple APIs for somebody to do all this and they don't have to go write up their own code. To, and we have a centralized database, it's called Hive. <laughs> Decentralized database. And so that's really where I think my time is being spent is looking how to make these tools to just ease the development of these other apps. So you guys touched on mine. Um, if, if you've seen any of the sort of recent uh, talks I've been asked to do and stuff like that, identity. Hive to me is identity. Um, and that is valuable, as valuable as financial information about yourself uh, is who you are, who you get to present yourself to be, who you interact with. Um, and so for me, the, the future going forward and what, I, what I'm personally most focused on is the reality that identity is not a piece of plastic that the government gives you. Um, and that doesn't need to be a crazy conspiracy theorist kind of thing. It really should just be that you value who you are and that you get to make choices on it and that you get to interact with other identities that you know are part of your network and bring you joy and that you can create whatever it is that you're going to create with, whether that's just a relationship or whether that's something financial or you know a business and beyond. Um, so for me, when I look at Hive, um, it, I don't answer to Gina anymore. I mean, the only people who call me that are my parents. There's no one else in the world. I am Krim and I am the sum of the actions that I've taken on and off this blockchain. Um, and everything that you need to know about me publicly, you can find behind this identity that's built here. And I want other people to be able to do that. 
um, and take that out into the world and make that part of what they're doing and, and have ownership over it and pride in it. Or for those of you who are very private people, to be able to be private and still part of a global community or a local community. So I know that's kind of a different answer, but all of the tech that everyone around me is building is, is building towards that for me, for sure. Uh, I could talk about this all day. <laughs> um, if I had to think about something, it would be um, really this technology is a culmination of value for value, tokenized communities, the ability to reach into the depths where no one else can, and somebody who has value to provide, because all humans can provide value, can now be seen, recognized, and connected with like-minded value makers and create something like you see in Ghana, and Venezuela, and Cuba, and the Philippines. And you're seeing it over and over and over again. So I just like to see the roots keep growing. You have circular economy possibilities with HBD, and now if you get clever with these tokenized communities, what we perceive as value is valuable. If enough per people perceive this community token as valuable, it will be valuable. So I think that striking into the hearts where it needs the most and giving people all the abundance. If you provide value, you can get all the abundance and value back. I really strongly believe in that. And I think that Hive is that ladder for anyone that needs to get out of a hole. There is potential now where there wasn't. Well, lovely, lovely. I love to have you on stage. Well, Your machine is already working, I hope. Well, we'll see. I can barely see. Okay, um, I think we will see that more and more people will show up later on. There is nothing on yet. Yes. Looks better. Brian, yes. you will talk again about value for value podcasting to the music industry. Yes. That's interesting. It's going to be. The next phase of podcasting 2.0. Yes. And a couple of other things. This is what I expected. And um, as well here, I took some time to have a few drinks with this gentleman to squeezing out of him um, some personal facts which you might know or not yet know, but soon you will know, because Brian is so much danger that the United Kingdom has been banned him from Facebook. Correct. Yes. I heard the story quite a few times, but it's always interesting again, and you are banned permanently. I was deleted. I was erased. My but whole history on Facebook was... By gone. order of the UK, UK government. government. Yes. That's tough. It you is. made a good job. Yes. Someone really likes you. I just built a page for the wrong kind of guy and um, bang, I was gone. Okay. So this is a wonderful and typical case, what we love to see in Web 2.0 world. So there's somebody who has the authority to kick your ass, sorry for that, uh, out of uh, protocol or uh, system or whatever. And we all saw it, if I look back in my history, I spent tons of time on that network which got closed and I spent time, you, somebody of you know it, uh, Google Plus was a very nice network. I ended up with around 30,000 followers. The other day it was gone because somebody else take decision of the content you generated somewhere, and I don't want to use the F word again, uh, 
make some problem to what you created over years, connections you created over years. So that's another reason why we are here, because um, this won't happen with censorship stuff on Hive. And um, Brian adds some nice things to it. And you have your 20 minutes now. I try to pick up some more people and move them here. No problem. So give me a second and um, start your show. So hello everybody, check uh, on the sound levels. Am I a little loud? Perhaps feeding back? Anyway, I'm Brian of London. Uh, I have a witness on Hive. Uh, I do DHF stuff. And um, you know me probably. Can we drop the levels on me? How's that? Any? No, it's still quite loud. I'll move that way down. Still hear me, but not with the... Okay, good, good. Yes, so I do a lot of things. Uh, I've done something called Podping in the past. I'll touch on that. I run an app all the time called v4v.app. Um, but I'm actually going to start... These are the things I'm going to talk about. So before I get to the music, which, believe me, the music is good. Well, the story about the music is interesting. Uh, I'm just going to give you an update on this thing, JPB... JPB Liberty ad ban case in Australia. Some of you know about it, some of you don't. Along with uh, another chap called APS Hamilton, who couldn't be here this, uh, for this high fest. He's been to past ones, but uh, Yom Kippur is the Jewish uh, high holy day, and it falls in the middle of this, so it made stuff difficult for him. Um, he and I, and mostly him and with my assistant, he and I are suing Meta, formerly known as Facebook, and Google uh, for $300 billion for the damage that they did to all of us and the whole of crypto in general. Every Bitcoin holder, Ethereum holder, anybody who was in crypto in 2018 suffered at the hands of those two companies because they banned all advertising of cryptocurrencies. Anyway, we've been pursuing this for uh, four years now. Uh, we've been actually sort of in Australian court for about two and a half uh, three years, we, we, we kind of, COVID got us into court in Australia because they put their entire legal system online, which was fantastic. Uh, and in February of this year, he and I both flew to Australia to be in court with the lawyers of Google and the lawyers of Meta Facebook, um, sort of me and him, just the two of us. And then we had about 14, 13 lawyers behind us. Uh, barrister, barrister, barrister's assistant, barrister's assistant, a uh, whole wheelbarrow full of documents for both of these. And uh, we fought their, their attack on us. And then their first attack was to say, Andrew Hamilton is both incompetent, uh, he's not competent to run this case, he has conflicts of interest with all of the class members, which is everyone in crypto. And also they said, that he probably won't have enough money to run the case properly, and so it's better if he doesn't bring the case. We fought back, obviously, uh, and we, we, in fact, told the judge that there's a precedent from Canada, which is that uh, an Indian band is suing the tax authorities, and the, they've run out of money, so the judge in that case has ordered the, in, the tax authority in Canada to pay the legal fees of the Indian band during the ongoing case. So we put it to our judge in Australia that if, if, uh, if Facebook and Google really believe we don't have enough money, 
she can order them to pay us and we will hire a big law firm in Australia and do the job properly. So that's the case. We're waiting on a judgment from that, <laughs> that hearing in February. But the court moves very, very slowly. Um, value for value app. I don't know if anybody can see what's behind me, so I, I can't. Anyway, value for value app lets you change between Lightning, which is a layer two thing on top of Bitcoin that is fast and sort of feeless, and Hive. And um, people are using this. Uh, they can send, they can give Hive and get a Lightning invoice paid, which can pay on services like, um, the, there, is, there are a lot of services that you can pay for with Lightning. Um, and if you do this, you can use your Hive directly to buy a pizza or get a Visa prepaid card or, or get an eSIM. In fact, I'm using an electronic SIM that I bought with Lightning, but my Hive paid for the Lightning to get me an eSIM to be here to use my phone. So that's what I do. Um, and lots of people like using it. It's used in Cuba and Venezuela, and uh, it's a grassroots way of subverting the system because a lot of venture capital money has gone into Lightning uh, to try and get merchant adoption. I don't know how successful they are being, but this is a way that we get to use their venture capital money without us having to get into bed with the venture capital people. So we like that here on Hive. So that was a whirlwind tour of two topics. And now I'm going to try, and I picked a really fun day for this, I'm going to try and explain something a bit more, uh, not on the slides, I've got some apps I'm going to show you. I want to talk to you about the music business. Now, we all hear music. I mean, we're hearing a mariachi band playing there live. But in the world of recorded music that you stream online, uh, not everything is happy. It has been captured by the centralized forces. Um, you've got your Spotify, you've got Apple Music, you've got Google Music, and that's pretty much it. And artists, other than a very, very tiny top tier, uh, artists get messed out. They, 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 they do not get paid for uh, music that you stream. You can, you can read a million stories uh, of artists whose tracks and so on are published on Spotify, and they get tens of thousands of streams, and a year later they get $15. And it just doesn't seem fair. What I have been working on for two and a half years is podcasting and a way that you can reward podcasts that you listen to directly. And the method is this, this thing, Lightning, this layer two on Bitcoin, where as you listen to a podcast, you can send sats. And we developed this, and in fact, I turned it on all of 3Speak's videos. Every video channel on 3Speak is also a video podcast, and it is automatically enabled in this SAT streaming value-for-value value system. Um, and I've probably not done as good a job of promoting that to the people on 3Speak and Hive as I should have done. So uh, I'm going to try and do better. But what's happened now is one particular guy uh, who, let's see, 
I'm going to play a video that I think I've played before. I'm going to play a video. Maybe, I don't know if it can be seen. Is it going to come back up? I think when my laptop goes to sleep, it causes chaos. There we go. Anybody know the... Can, can you recognize in the sun the gentleman in the middle? Anyone recognize him? No, it's Steve Jobs. This is in the middle. This is Steve Jobs. Uh, he doesn't matter. He's talking to Kara Swisher and uh, Mossberg. And um, this is the very first time podcasts were introduced to anyone. And I'm going to just play this little clip. Uh, one of the guys that invented podcasting. And uh, he has a podcast called The Daily Source. Let me go ahead and subscribe to that. And uh, we can go listen to his latest one. You know, just click What's on it. What's your daily source code? Show number 180. Something remarkable is happening here. Radio is springing free of the regulated gatekeepers who've managed what you can hear since radio is in day. It's Adam Curry. That's right. It's show number 180, and it's Friday, everybody. Thank God. I've actually had to restart the show three times. My Mac has been acting up like a motherfucker. I don't know what's going on. I think it's uh, something to do with uh, the file system. Okay. <laughs> so, obviously, that is the genius of Steve Jobs. Um, because he picked, he picked a clip from a show, a podcast. One of the first, probably the first two podcasts. One of them was by this guy, Adam Curry. And his show was called The Daily Source Code. And Steve Jobs picked that clip to play where he said, my Mac has been acting like, like a motherfucker because one, it had a rude word in it. And two, Steve Jobs just understood self-deprecating humor properly. Uh, but that show that Adam Curry used to do in 2005 and onwards, he used to, he used to talk about the coding that was underneath podcasting, which was growing. And at the same time, he would intersperse this with music tracks that he would play. And he would just pull a track, play it into his podcast, and then send it out. This, of course, is highly illegal. And at any moment, but not back in 2005, uh, the police could have banged on his door and come and hauled him away to prison at the behest of the music publishing industry because he had no right to play music tracks, well-known music. And to this day, there is no legal way to license music to play in a podcast. You cannot take the Beatles. There is no authority you can go to and say, I would like a license to play the Beatles in my podcast. There's very, very complicated mechanisms around online radio and streaming radio. You can get rights for that. It's very expensive. It's complicated. You, there's just... There's just these gatekeepers in the way, ASCAP, BMI, companies that collect royalties on behalf of writers and performers. It's a total mess. And for all these years, what happened was radio has declined, but nothing has come up. There's no, there's no radio disc jockey that you can listen to in a podcast form. So what we've done with Podcasting 2.0 is invent this, and invent all of the mechanisms necessary to publish music, say who should get paid, and if a listener wants to, as in if a listener values the music they're hearing, send value back the other way. And we've done this within the framework of podcasts, because podcasts are still free. Not free money, 
they are free of the influence of big tech. Big tech has not managed to crush and own podcasting. You can get your own server, put up an RSS feed, serve your MP3s. You don't need YouTube to do it. Now, a lot of people will use podcasting hosts, but even there, there's a, there's a wide range of them. And so, let's see if I can try and do... This thing's gone to sleep again. This is the hard part. Now I'm going to play you. You just heard a very, a very short snippet of um, Adam Curry from way back when. Let's see if this works. Hello everybody, coming to you directly from the Texas Hill Country. It is Boostagram Ball, episode number eight. Songs you can't hear on the radio. Somebody told me you're in San Francisco. I said you're working in... Now what the... Back down, sorry. Sorry to give you guys such a headache. <laughs> what I just played was the opening of Adam Curry's new show. It's called Boostagram Ball. And on that show... He plays new music, brand new music, uploaded as if it were podcasts. I'm not going to go into the technicalities of that. But each one of those tracks, and I was using this window here. When I started playing, you had one piece of artwork. When it got onto the track, it switched. And that's the artwork for the track that's playing. And while people are listening, they can stream sats to his podcast. And whilst... He's playing a song, 90% of the sats will go to the song, and he keeps 10% because he's doing a valuable job. He's doing what we gone hive call curation. And this is really new. This has been going three, three or four months. The tools are not built yet to make this easy to do. But even with the real terrible tools that exist, artists are finding it, and um, there's a... Let's see if I can find this. There's a there's a list. Uh, that's not the one. I've lost the window for this, but um, podcast index dot. There's a top 100. So here we have the top 100 of music. Now this is changing every hour, and this is this this is approximate, approximately based on the number of sats, how much fractions of Bitcoin these artists have received uh, over the last week for their songs. Uh, and, and if I click on any one of these songs, I haven't, I don't know this particular one, but I'm gonna click on it and press play. is music. Music uploaded directly by the artist and, and there's a box there I can hit boost. I'll do that afterwards. So I'm going to send a couple of bucks. Uh, let's see if this works here. I'm going to hit boost. I'm probably going to have to put in a passcode. Confirm. Okay, I've sent $1.33. $1.33 will now go, um, will go to Adam Curry and he will split that 90% will go to the artist, direct. No ASCAP, no BMI, 
No music publisher, no EMI for no, none of those guys get it. It's the artist and Adam Curry for helping me find it because it was on his show. Actually, no, this one, this one was direct. I got it from the a Adam Curry won't get. But the reason I'm telling Hive audience is this is a new field, okay? Hive can be embedded in it. I've got the gateway between Sats and Hive. The tools are there. If this interests anybody, any developers, uh, and I'm talking to the audience in the sun and the audience at home, contact me because I'm going to put you into the world where we discuss this. And there's so many tools that can be built. Music, de dedicated music hosting. Uh, and music hosting is so much easier than video because these are tiny little files. They're, they're nothing. Music hosting as a podcast, put it out there. Publish. And, and all of the facilities that we have on Hive can be added on the top. The community, an artist building a community around their music and being rewarded when people play, play that music. I'm just one guy and I'm already doing V for V. Behind the scenes is a thing called Podping, which announces anytime a new track is published, that gets written to Hive as a custom JSON. And that system's been running perfectly for two years now. Um, so we're already in this, and I'm, I'm just trying to spark some enthusiasm and get people to send me a mail, find me on Hive, post a comment, and come join me and help build some stuff for music and music 2.0 and streaming sats. All right, I think I'm, I've reached the end, so any questions, and I'll let Detlev take over. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy what you are doing, as I know so many musicians who get, again, no effort here uh, with the music industry. And this is a way to make it easy to them to connect to earnings, to stuff they did beneath playing on stages. So uh, we need to probably find a way to get some more people who react on your clear call to action. Talk to him if you're in music, if you like to do more with music, there is already some function working, and I guess you need a little bit more front-end stuff and some other things. It's front-end, it's back-end, it's developing. It's just it's throwing some ideas in. And I've got some ideas with the Oriole team, and, and I know we've got talent, and I know some of it's looking for directions to go, and this is one of those directions that I think is right for us. We've got, we've got so much of the infrastructure. I mean, I didn't mention, like, one of the core parts, one of the cool parts is something we have on high. With, within the within the what's called the value block for each song, you can you can split it so you can give the bassist, the lead guitarist, the vocalist, and you know the drummer if he if he hasn't spontaneously combusted and died by now. But you can split a, a track 25, 25, 25, and in perpetuity, those sats will just follow you around um, whenever that track is played in any of these systems. So. We're heading in a good direction, I think, which is direct from the audience to the value receiver without lots and lots of middlemen. So for what are you looking most? More hands to help you to build something or more people who build own apps relying on the technology you created? Everything. I mean, all levels of, of development. If, if, you, if you're already hosting files or you can do a bit of front-end work and you think, you know, I can show you where front-end need to be built that combine Hive and combine this value for value. It was very easy, for example, to put value blocks into every one of three speaks videos. Um, 
we can do that a step further by and host music within Hive that appears as podcasts everywhere. And and that we've we've got a we've got a good window here because anything you produce now, Adam Curry will promote the hell out of it. And and what's happened to some of the artists that he plays on Booster Grand Ball is, you know, these are artists who've been uploading their tracks to Spotify for ten years and they've got fifty dollars, and suddenly they get boosted by Adam Curry and they make $200 in a weekend of Bitcoin. And they're going like, how on earth did that happen? Okay, we, we will have a few beers on this this evening because I guess this is a longer story. <laughs> and if we switch you on again, um, you might there. have a few more stories for us. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, now we... Perfect, perfect. And even more, if there is somebody around who loves music and like to help out there, I think there's maybe as well a little thing to earn on it. Um, connect with Brian. Now we go to another topic where we have uh, Mark and Disregard Fiat on stage. And we will talk about the SPK Network Testnet plus Honeycomb and implications of the future of P2P storage technology. Who? Okay. You will explain this with way more easy word. And he brought a friend and business colleague on stage who doesn't want to have a microphone. We solved this. <laughs> um, and Mark and um, Disregard Fiat know each other quite a while. They've been together on a Navy aircraft carrier. And I heard some stories that you might tell later on with a beer or it belongs to you. Um, I don't know where you are coming from at the moment because we made this last minute. So introduce yourself with a few words and disregard fiat. You were on stage already. I um, repeat that you live in wonderful Paraguay um, and um, <laughs> have some um, activity with your funny NFT pick. I still don't fully understand, but you have a few minutes to explain it now or maybe later. So if, if you've seen my NFT, the one that I have on my profile picture, I'm wearing a Borat mankini. And it's because I went to a swimsuit competition that ended with me getting arrested in a Borat mankini. A bit closer. Sorry. Did anybody not understand that? Or do anybody do better? We, we got it. Again? I think we got it. <laughs> and we c could imagine the pictures. The pictures are amazing. Just yeah. ask me. Okay. Your stage, 20 minutes. Have some fun. We have... Uh, five, ten minutes for questions afterwards. All right. Fantastic. Hey, everybody. Yeah, so uh, like he said, I'm Marky Giles. Most of you probably don't know me, but I do, um, whereas he does a lot of back-end development, I do a lot of front-end development and figuring out, like, uh, user interfaces and how people might actually use some of these crazy decentralized file storage protocols. Um, so that's why I'm up here, to, to kind of be the yin to the yang. Yeah, it's true because, like, say, Matt or Dan will ask for a feature. And I'm like, yeah, that's possible. And then he'll be like, this doesn't seem even remotely usable. <laughs> so it, it, there's a big process that goes into all of this stuff. And we're, we're getting pretty close to feature complete on at least the speed network. And we're going to show off some of what Honeycomb can do, in fact. That's right. Um Boy, it is. Oh, you could probably have to click it a couple of times there. Yeah. 
So Deluxe.io uh, is a progressive web app, and uh, that's PWA for short. And if anyone doesn't know what a progressive web app is, it's a website that behaves a lot like a native app. And with every operating system release from both Apple and Android, their progressive web app support gets better each and every time. And so uh, like PeakD is a fantastic PWA. Deluxe uh, this year finally became a full mobile-friendly PWA. And we really see this as a huge opportunity for Hive because it allows you to do most of the things that you can do on your phone, but without being in an app store. And so it gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of um, what you can do when app stores are not so crypto friendly. And so Deluxe became a PWA. Uh, we're building new features all the time. And we're um, finally announcing our own way to sign in without keychain or hive author hive signer but allowing people to store their keys locally in their PWA which is something that PWAs are fantastic for you can store your keys locally and it's uh, not a problem at all if you trust the site <laughs> right and and a lot of this goes back to the fact that we have a, a system of censorship resistant data on our hive layer but if you want to build a community of it or some variety like that, you need to have a way to have your users get to that data. So having these open source client side rendered um, front ends that allow people to get access to their data, they would still be able to upload a video to 3Speak or do anything like this. All they have to do is copy our code, change Deluxe to whatever your name is and put it somewhere else. We encourage this. We want mirrors of everything just like we have PeakD and Hive Blog and Easency. So hopefully this is how it goes in the future. Yeah, everything we put out is open source. So we see a future of clonable user interfaces where you know, if you're a content creator and you see an interface that you like, you go and clone that interface, and now it's yours. You can rebrand it your own way and bring your own community to it. So Honeycomb is uh, a layer two, just like everything else we, we've talked about. But um, we have a few different options for layer two on Hive. So you have Hive Engine, for instance, and Hive Engine's got a lot better people. It's actually decentralized, um, but the problem is it gets pretty, pretty chunky really fast. Like, if I want to run a community for, you know, maybe we really like beer, so we can go out here and now I have to run everybody else's community, and it, it gets a little too beefy for just me, and I, maybe I don't want to want to do that kind of thing. So this also lets you take more of a uh, personal approach to what you actually want to run. So if I want to run a speak network node and a deluxe node, I can do that without running, say, the beer node on, on Hive Engine. Um, these are all multi-signature enabled, so the community will still have trusted people to run the wallet. It has an integrated deck, so you don't have to worry about, oh, how am I going to list my coins? It's, it just runs. Yeah, what, what you can't really make out on this screen right now is just screenshots of our PWA. And what we've got here, we're showing off our decentralized exchange, which currently has three different tokens. Uh, that's been up for quite a while. We, some days, there's uh, actually pretty heavy volume through there. Um, then also, we have our wallet, which supports um, our own system of power-up and our own system of governance. So it, it really gives any community the flexibility to, to have a full governance structure with you know, power-ups, governing-ups, things like that. And then finally, 
the NFT marketplace. We do allow uh, for minting uh, NFTs on on our layer two, and we have a full-fledged marketplace for that. Right, and as more people use Honeycomb for different things, the logic that powers, say, an NFT market or um, the Speak Network, those are just pieces of code that you can copy and paste into whatever your logic is. So as, as more people use it, hopefully it gets more user-friendly with more features. Um, also, the fact that these things are just powered by an API. So all I have to do is start a new community, type in an API, and suddenly the DEX works. The NFT marketplace would work if you have NFTs enabled on yours. So we're, we're just trying to make a wallet for everybody as well. Yeah. Speak network stuff. Um, it's going to be really wild how this evolves because right now we're talking about incentivizing storage of any file that you can prove you're hosting on IPFS, essentially. Um, and so the implications for that are insane once you decentralize file storage. Um, you know, and, and we are creating interfaces that allow users to, uh, to control what that looks like. Um, me as a node operator, I could choose which content I want to pin and host. Um, you know, I'm in California, so the implications of the content that I'm storing on my hard drive could be vastly different than what somebody, you know, in another country could be storing uh, legally. And so I think um, having the flexibility in terms, just like when you choose a server, where are you storing your files, which country or which jurisdiction are you in, what are the implications with putting your data there, uh, we're going to start to see a lot of that as we move into decentralized file storage as well. It's going to be really fascinating to see how it evolves. That That is very true. Like We really just couldn't release a file storage system without some sort of ability to individually censor or, or uh, work the network that way. Um, just, just on a personal standpoint, like there's a lot of content that I wouldn't want on the system. But at the same time, other people, well, we can't say for everything. I won't agree. But some people think, oh, I should be able to store anything I want. Um, and it's our job as a community of people who use this to not incentivize them to store stuff we don't agree with. Um, so we have the ability to choose what we store. We also have the ability to choose what we incentivize. But at the same time, it's still censorship resistant. Um, and, and part of this is it's a complex system. It's a complex operation. And like Mark was saying, or like what I was saying, Mark tells me, like, this isn't just possible. So we have up here, uh, like, a create contract screen, and I'm sure you can't see it. But it is also just as easy to say, have three speak run the contracts. And as soon as you log in with your username, they create the contract for you. And the only additional step besides upload is sign. So you're just saying, I personally sign this so we can track the providence and integrity of these files all the way through their, their lifespan. I can't. I can't yeah. see anything. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> it's the contract. Oh, okay. There um, could be as well a monitor in front of you, but I think there's as much fun yeah. on it. Yeah. I, I don't even, I, I see black here. I Actually, I can check my hat. <laughs> what, what, what's on the screen is it's a, a post that's just under 20 megabytes in terms of data size. 
and it shows how long the contract exists for it to stay pinned in IPFS. And any other user who wants to come and see that content and say, actually, I feel this content is very valuable, I want to extend that pinning contract by a week or by a year or whatever it is. We're giving individual user control over the ability to actually pay to store that content for longer. And I, I don't think this is a feature most users are going to want, but this is where we need to start so that we can build it manually and then begin to automate it from there. Yeah, it's, it's not just like, oh, I want to pay to store this or pay to get it more stored. You can go on there yourself and say, I want to store this. And as long as you have the software set up like you're running a node, your node will say, oh, he wants to store it now. It'll grab it for you and you'll start being uh, paid to have it. So it lets you say like, oh, I'm involved in this community. I'm going to store this content because it's what interests me. And maybe you're not even into it for the incentivization. Let's see. Right. Yeah. So another thing is this is more than videos. We can store our config files. We can store our logic for our smart contracts. We can do anything that a computer would do on IPFS with this, which allows you know, Honeycomb in general just to get more and more easy to use. I would be able to decentralize a storage of some UI that I could then build a, a config file, build some smart contracts, store that on IPFS, and then anybody else who wants to join the community just has to download the software and type in a code, and it'll just self-assemble itself. And so this is all running the speak testnet, which is up and running um, for the most part. And, uh, you know, we're, we're finding the finding the, the holes, but we're plugging them. Right. So I think Nathan's going to actually talk about the, the proof of access algorithm, so I'm going to skip that. And more stuff you just can't see. Yeah, these are just more posts. So what we have what we call the hub. The hub supports AR, VR, basically any type of content you could imagine, not just video, not just photo, but literal like 3D models and web VR, things like that. And our entire platform is designed to be uh, responsive, not just in terms of mobile and desktop, but also headset as well. And so, you know, there's 20 million uh, Quest 2s out in the wild, and, and next year Apple is entering the headset space as well. So we really see the headset space as uh, a long-term strategy, and that's why we uh, have built the infrastructure to enable literally any kind of content, um, even three-dimensional teleportation content. Um, if you can kind of imagine it, it can exist on our hub, um, and so that's what was up. This is what the NFT marketplace looks like. There are, we've done three NFT sets now. We did one with Lord Butterfly. Uh, we did um, the bees and then um, our original, which is just our deluxe logo. Um, so we, we've learned a lot by doing the, uh, the NFT um, sets. That space has cooled off quite a bit, but uh, you know the infrastructure is there, and we still think that it is a uh, it's a useful technology, still searching for a purpose. Right, we're gonna at least have a game running on our system with uh, Duot, the Ragnarok. Ragnarok, game. yeah, the Ragnarok game will use Duot um, NFTs. And there's other uses for NFTs as well. Uh, they can they can store logic on them. They can they can do executable things. So this is. This is a space we're kind of interested in, and it, it just shows that once we build it once, we can give it away basically for free. 
and anybody can use it. Yep. Um, and these these can also be apps. They can they can just as easily run in our app containers that we've built. So any like he was saying, anything that you can imagine, uh, you can build UI for your own uh, cryptocurrencies, your own businesses, your own communities, or even like say a Hive function, and post it in an app on Deluxe that we can then because it's just open source, somebody can say, oh, I can make this a little better. And the entire time, instead of paying somebody to do it, you're getting rewarded because you're posting it on Hive. And uh, I don't know if you can make it out, but that is the bathing suit in question. Yeah, that is, that is the bathing suit in, in question. <laughs> this is something new that we just started working on. We started hacking it together. Um, while, while we've tackled, you know, how we envision our network, you know, hub, and we've tackled NFTs and we've tackled decentralized exchange, we still see a fundamental break in the Hive onboarding process. And so we're going to throw our hat into the ring in terms of how we think onboarding could work. And so what we're envisioning is um, a QR code that any user would scan, and it would be like your uh, profile card. It would take you to your profile. But on there, if you're not logged in, you could ent enter a onboarding flow that will allow you to create a uh, account but not finish it. And the request will be sent back to whoever's QR code you scanned. And they'll receive a notification to approve that request for account creation. And once they approve it, they can approve it with an account creation token or with 3Hive, whatever the market rate is. Uh, or they could forward that request onto a sponsorship account, maybe that has hundreds of ACTs, or maybe that grants use of their ACTs to their communities. So creating a system where you onboard a user, but they're not, they're not stuck. Their, uh, their request now exists, and you can either approve that request, or you can forward that re request on. And they, they can see their status as pending until that request is approved. So really closing the loop on how account creation uh, works for a user without leaving them stranded, we think is really important. Right, and all of these would usually be like face-to-face -face people instead of uh, somebody who's just reading a script to get a whole bunch of emails and get accounts the free way. So hopefully this will enable a lot more tracking and we can see like, oh, this person here is doing a lot of outreach because they're actually generating a lot of accounts that are getting used. So that's coming soon. We're building that now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Honeycomb. Uh, it's launch your own community token with nodes, control your community smart contracts, and control your community API. So Honeycomb is really just about node networks that, that you control. And, uh, and we, have a, we just published a proposal. Right, we have a proposal 275, which just takes the funding that we have from last year into next year. So if you're interested in that and approving funds for cool Hiveans, go ahead and give us a look. Yeah, I think the last slide is just, yep, Hive Proposal 275. No QR code, not that you'd be able to see it anyway, but yeah, please do vote for our proposal because like I said, everything we do is open source. We give it away for free. We want people to clone our, our work. We, we want people to use it. We want people to have their own communities um, and have control over their communities. You know, We're entering an age of AI where these algorithms on these platforms are gonna get more and more powerful. And we think you should have choice and freedom in which platforms you're using and which algorithms you're, you're training. Um, and so 
you having the ability to go choose a, a different front end, we, I mean, that's, in, that's incredible. Uh, we think that that's very, very valuable, and it's only going to get more valuable. So, uh, yeah, please vote for our proposal. And I think that's all we got. Questions? Again, a very clear call to action. Please vote to 275. Um, and uh, you are around since a while, so people probably know you saw this one. And even online, have a look of what they did and try to support it as much as you can. I really enjoyed, uh, and this is my first question, the uh, account creation stuff. Um, I helped so many people to create an account, and then, you know, they didn't got it. It was too complex. It was, how many keys do I have to store somewhere? Um, most of the people are not getting it at the first time, maybe a few weeks later. So um, how is this be used? Is this free for other communities? Oh, yeah, it'll be free. And, and mostly what it does is just loads up a web page where they'll be able to make their own credentials. Uh, they'll then put those credentials into a signer and encrypt it into a memo and send it off to the person they got it from. So it's the only part that they have to actually do is copy their master password down somewhere. It's just choose a username and save that master password somewhere. And as long as the user does that, then that um, onboarder, the, the person recruiting them onto the chain, it goes right back to them and says, hey, this account's ready to be created. Do you want to approve it? Use but your resources. It gives as well nice feedback when I spread my uh, QR code to get some people into the chain by using this ICR. Now, Peter, whatever, is doing it, and I can use one of my hundreds uh, resource creation mm -hmm. things to exactly. help him. Yeah? Exactly. Cool. Thanks. More questions from the audience? Perfect. Okay. I guess we did a great job explaining it. You did a wonderful job, and now you are allowed to go out of the sun again. Hey. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. So much things are going on. I'm really keen to play with all this. I, I try to write down all the cool tools um, more and more. It will be tough days after HiFest. Now we have Smooms with us. And I'm happy to have another German um, on, the street, uh, on the stage. He is a guy who created the nice magazine you sitting on or you having in front of you or you might already read a little bit about but 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 i as well squeezed a little bit information out of him as well and he is uh, someone who really enjoys as a specialist video games he, he gave me the word uh, connoisseur of video games my french is not existing but this would go into that direction and uh, you love doing graphic design, we see with the magazines that you love it. But a hidden secret, I squeezed a little bit longer, is that he's as well a guitar player. So we're getting together soon, the band um, we have to form on Hive, guitar player, accordion. I think there are some singers or other musicians around, so next Hive Fest will be fun. Uh, Smooms. Your stage, 20 minutes, rock and roll. Thank you very much. No power. Yeah, I'll take, yeah, take this. Hello. So, 
I'm Smooms from Team Highquarter, so uh, I think every, everyone already seen this uh, magazine here. Can everyone hold this in the air? Come on. Everyone. You too. You too. Yes, 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 nice. So um, we were at the Highfest in Amsterdam last year too, so we made the first uh, physical edition last year for the Highfest in Amsterdam because it was the first physical Highfest ever. So uh, today is the second physical Highfest and we are in, in, uh, in, in Mexico. So what else should we do to make the second physical official Highfest magazine for the Highfest? So how are you guys doing? Do you enjoy your stay at Mexico? Say hell yeah. Hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> So, um, hello. Ah, yes. So the uh, the physical magazine is basically uh, built like the uh, digital we do at Hive. So our team is like uh, uh, we have a core team. Uh, it's basically three people. Like Quaker is sitting in front of me right now. Me and we also have a German lector that is uh, staying in Austria right now because she has to work. And it's not with us right now, sadly, but uh, um, the core team is containing of three of us, and we also have some kind of supporter characters for, Hive, uh, for, for the HiQ magazine that are doing some kind of uh, uh, proofreading in English and uh, writing articles. So proofreading in English is made by Tengo Lotodo. I, I think uh, maybe a few of you may know him already. And then we have, uh, have also some uh, writers for the articles. Uh, for example, uh, Temesquira is one of them. And uh, uh, do we have something in mind, too? Uh, Raven Music, yeah, Raven Music. She also does music on Hive and uh, is uh, also affiliated with a lot of games on Hive. And uh, we'll talk about games on Hive later on in this uh, presentation also. But uh, let's do it. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, as I said, we have a magazine on the blockchain as well. So the, uh, di uh, the English digital version is uh, reachable under magazine, and the German one is reachable under HiQ. Um, yeah, just have a look and uh, have fun reading the digital issues of HiQ magazine. Huh? Does want to? Ah, no. So, and if you rotate the physical magazine by 180 degrees by the z-axis, you get the HiFest uh, program and venues uh, pages and with a glossary and uh, the sites to see in Rosarito. So yeah, it was a design choice. It's no printing error or something like that. So yeah, just keep that in mind. We did that in uh, Amsterdam as well, by the way. So uh, but. Uh, as last year, we are still not only the HiQ or not only the magazine. We also have a landing page where you can see the other projects that we're into right now. So basically, for example, I, I mean, it's really small right now. But uh, what we do is like uh, we have a witness note running for, I think, one, uh, one year and a few months right now or one and a half year or something like that. And uh, we also have some kind of, uh, we, we call it a couragement service. We have a token on Hive Engine uh, that you can stake. And uh, the more of these uh, tokens, it's called HiQs, by the way, so H-I-Q-S. And the more you have staked, you can comment uh, uh, exclamation point HiQ vote under a comment and uh, under a post as a comment. And then our curation trail votes this post for you 
if you think you like a post, for example, and want to uh, reward it even more. So, uh, and another, um, it is really small. Uh, but another project we are building up right now is, uh, and that's what I really wanted to talk uh, with you about, is uh, we are building a, yeah, okay, you can see everything, of course, but uh, yeah. Uh, we are building a mini, uh, not a mini game, we are building a trading card game on Hive right, uh, right now. We are calling it Crafting. So uh, our idea was we wanted to uh, have NFTs of ourselves, but uh, our thinking always was uh, not to just build NFTs and you can't do things with these NFTs. You uh, should al uh, also do things with these NFTs. And what best would it be to make a game, for example, in our in our uh, 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 thing now, a trading card game, where you have like uh, trading card games of Hyvians and uh, you can play with them. So we built Crafting. It's a play-to-earn NFT trading card game uh, and it uh, runs exclusively on Hive. Um, so in the future, it should be a, a turn-based trading card game. So like, for example, I don't know if you know them, but it's like... Uh, uh, Magic the Gathering or Yu-Gi-Oh! or the Pokemon uh, trading card game, for example. And uh, we also take some in, uh, took some inspiration from that games as well. But uh, in our game, we introduced some kind of unique gameplay mechanics. We also... Wait a second, I have to take my duffel back out for that. Give me a second. We, what, what we did to balance the game and also to create the cards, we made like... Uh, here, can you go around and show them? <clears throat> we made some uh, physical cards to play in real life. So uh, in the future, you will not have uh, physical cards, but uh, they are all NFTs on Hive Engine. And uh, yeah, in the future, you could also play a, a turn-based trading card game with our cards. And uh, um, for uh, developing the whole thing, there's a whole stack of... Uh, uh, technological aspects we are using right now for example hive engine as i told you for the uh, for the for the infrastructure with uh, with a pack manager on, and for the nft instances uh, instances when you uh, unpack a pack and get the cards from that and uh, view view js uh, for the front end and for the back end we have python uh, mongodb mariadb for the databases and uh, yeah, of course, JavaScript for the front end because uh, Vue. And in the future, when the uh, main game will launch uh, too, we will use Unity for the front end for the game later on. And uh, yeah. Um, so at this moment, we have one booster edition. We call it the Crafting Editorial Office. In this booster edition, you have uh, 63 cards in total. Uh, Ten of those are officers. Those are like, uh, the, yeah, if you know, uh, like Splinterlands, those are like summoner cards, and you can only have one officer in each deck you build. So if you, uh, yeah, one officer each in each deck. And you have like 17 individual characters. You have like 18 item cards that are like... Uh, uh, cards to uh, trigger some effects, for example, and you have react cards where you can react to something uh, your enemy does, and you have uh, filling cards, uh, or five different filling cards that are like energy cards to play out other cards in the main game later on, so, yeah. And here are all the character cards listed. I mean, you can't see them that well, but... Uh, 
yeah, we, we'll talk about that later. I mean, we ha we have them all uh, shown on our website and on our Discord server as well. So those are the item and react cards and also the filling cards. And we have, uh, yeah. So we have uh, like uh, the rarity set up as uh, common. So common are the most uh, or the least rarest cards that we have. Uh, you have a probability of 70%. The uncommon are like a little bit more rare and they have a probability of 20%. The rare are the uh, second most rarest cards. They have a probability of 8% and then we have ultra rare cards in each uh, booster pack or each, or each card when it gets rolled can be an ultra rare with a probability of 2%. And each card you draw has a probability of 3% to be a holo card. So not gold cards like in other trading card games, just to flex a little bit here, but uh, holo cards like the real trading cards you get out of a booster pack when you buy Pokemon cards, for example. So um, at this moment of time, uh, at this time, we uh, have like uh, a mini game in pre-alpha stage right now, so you can already build your teams with the cards you already acquired. Um, we want to. Uh, when 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 did we go? Uh, want to go live with a mini game? I think tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. So if you build your team now, you don't have to pay for the access for the mini game. You just have to buy booster packs, get some cards, build your team, and then you are in for the next seasons as well. If you want to play the game, we have our QR code there on the monitor, so you can scan it right now or just uh, scan the QR code from the Haikyuu magazine. There's some uh, advertisement for that as well. Or you just join playcrafting.com and you can go on. You can log in onto the site with Hive, uh, uh, with Hive Keychain. Uh, all, all runs on Hive Keychain and uh, yeah, that's... Uh, everything from that so the uh, mini game uh, what uh, works right now is you can build your team so basically you have the uh, page where you can see what team you have and if you have no team uh, set up then you, there's a button where you uh, where you can click to build your team you get put to the next uh, to the next site so you have uh, your filling cap for um, setting up your team it is uh, at minus 15 filling at first so you have to uh, put in at least 15 filling to set up your first team, but you then have a filling cap of zero and that is pretty hard to uh, set up a team with zero filling. I come back to that later. But what you have to do, you drag the filling cards on top of that uh, ink container on the left side and then you get this, uh, I, I don't think you can see it, but there's some kind of text box where you can put the amount of filling you want to put into your uh, box and press on uh, confirm and then it puts the filling into your box. And you do that uh, for as long as you are uh, uh, satisfied with the amount of filling in your box. And uh, when you're ready, there comes a button where you can confirm your filling uh, uh, and uh, come to the next page where, oh, I have to point this way, where you can uh, set up your team. So you have like five slots, uh, the slots in this, uh, example are already filled out but you can uh, draw your cards from the right side onto the left side where the slots are free uh, what you have to keep in mind uh, uh, is you have uh, you have like uh, let's say for example this card you have like two numbers it's pretty hard to see but on the website it is not so that's uh, uh, that's good I think so um, you have like the ink cost for each cards on the card and uh, 
depending on your ink, uh, on your filling uh, cap that you have throughout the filling you put into your cart, uh, into your pack already, you can set up your team. The first two slots from top to bottom are like the attacking slots. The bottom two are like the defending slots for the minigame. And the middle one is like the wild card. It's, called, it's, it's used for attack and defense as well. Uh, if you have questions, uh, I, I don't have to go into detail that much. But if you have questions, I mean, we are here, so yeah. Um, oh, no, the other way around. So when you uh, set up your team, it gets uh, sent to our account. We, with our account, uh, check if the cards that you entered are the right ones and uh, that every card is on our account. And if that's the case, we create an NFT where every card that you want to put in this box is nested into. And if you don't want to use that box anymore, you can burn the NFT and get your cards back. And out of the NFT, out of the properties from this NFT, we can also read what attack power and what defense power you have. And also uh, in the later runs, we uh, also want to have effect blends where you can have like uh, some base re uh, recipes for, res uh, for, for effects. And uh, it works the same way, but with uh, other cards uh, then, of course. And uh, yeah, as soon as the matches uh, will start, uh, we will take every user who has a, a simp, uh, we call it simp, because sim is uh, for crafting idle mode and the B at the end is for box so it's a sim uh, it's a crafting idle mode box and uh, everyone who has a crafting idle mode box will automatically join the first season of the game gets grouped into 10 uh, person groups and uh, we will uh, let you battle things out for reaching the top list of season one of crafting idle mode join now So that's it for today, and uh, yeah, now it's your time to shine. Do we have any questions? You, 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 maybe you. A game, a magazine, a designer, guitar player, what else is on? Everything. <laughs> okay. Everything. Um, are there any questions regarding the game or the magazine or whatever? Who was first? I, I steal your microphone and give it to him, and I bring it back for sure. Hi. Uh, I don't know if I missed this or not, but um, did you already explain uh, what plat what where you'll actually um, what you will use to host the actual NFTs? Will it be Hive Engine, Honeycomb, or do you have any idea on which blockchain you use or service, basically? Uh, so, yeah, good question. Uh, as I said in the beginning, I mean, it was in the beginning, so it's uh, easy to forget. But, uh, yeah, we're using Hive Engine. And uh, throughout Hive Engine, they uh, already uh, have some kind of, uh, like, pack manager uh, system where you can, uh, you uh, basically, you create a Hive uh, uh, Engine uh, token. And you can uh, make NFTs out of the token. And with the pack manager system, you can create like uh, NFT instances out of the NFTs you use for the packs. So uh, basically, if you open an NFT or open the pack, uh, which is an NFT, you create five instances out of each pack. And that is all stored in the Hive engine. And uh, also, like I said, we want, to, uh, we want to have this NFT, which is the box where you can uh, put your teams in as well, so that it is all stored on the Hive uh, 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 blockchain or, or, or in the uh, second layer Hive engine 
to, so, so, so everyone can see uh, what it is really stored and uh, yeah, so it is uh, not in some uh, database of ours, but it is really a hive game, so that what, 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 that was what we are planning, yeah. No problem. You had a question too. It's good? Okay. Yeah. We have a second microphone. Lovely. So if you wanted to have a story featured on the magazine, or you wanted to be featured on it, how would you go about that? Uh, you can talk to us. Uh, so, so we uh, always feature uh, projects in our magazine. Uh, you, you mean in the digital uh, edition? Oh, oh. yeah. Uh, so uh, we uh, we love if people bring stories that we can uh, write about to us so that we don't have to uh, look for them. So uh, if you have something we can write about, you can join our Discord. Uh, there's also a QR code in, in this magazine I can show you afterwards, but uh, yeah, if you have something, just hook us up. Yeah, it's no problem. Um, I guess it's just a comment. It's not really a question, because I, I just was having a com conversation about uh, usually breakdown on communication within the Hive project, because it's very spread out. We, we, we kind of know what's going on. We kind of know where the goal is at like improve uh, account creation, improve uh, outreach. And there's solutions that people create, but no, the other 90 or 80% of the community don't find out. So, Never heard about. Yeah, so having um, a magazine, I think, is a very good way to, to get it. Now, um, maybe if we can like hook it up with like a show on 3Speak, I just read out the the, the articles, like uh, like uh, an advance or something like that. It's like good that you say that. We already have a show on 3Speak, and uh, it's nice that you mentioned that because I totally forgot in my presentation. <laughs> but now is the time to announce the HiQ Smartcast. It's reachable uh, through at uh, HiQ.Smartcast. And there we have every issue that we uh, 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 put out on Hive. So we have like the editorial uh, meeting post once a week. And the uh, uh, main magazines uh, the last uh, Wednesday of the month uh, and one day after the English version that gets uh, read for the Smartcast as well. And uh, it, it already exists. I think last year you uh, said, said the same, something like that. And then we, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I guess there was something like that. And uh, then we had, a, 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 it's a user from the Austrian community, who so is German speaking too, and his English, uh, his English is pretty good. So uh, he uh, said he could do stuff like that, and he offered us that, that he could do that. And now we're doing that, like, I think, uh, 34 or th 35 editions of the Smartcast now, yeah, or weeks, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, it, and it's on Podping too, because uh, the 3Speak videos get uh, put on Podping automatically, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Any more questions? No? Do you have questions, Detlef? No, I'm renovating the stage. Yeah? Yeah, looks nice. <laughs> no questions? Ah, yeah. Starcast has a question. Throw it to him. Ask away. Can you show me the front cover? Is it nice? 
How do you make me look as beautiful as Krimi on the front cover? <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's like uh, AI magic in Photoshop. I just... Uh, uh, for me, right? Yeah, Krimi's a natural. Put, a, put away the beard and then it's basically the same image. Ah, ah, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. We'll contact you for the next story cover then. I mean, we can talk about things. So uh, the more money you pay, the more beautiful you get. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nice feature on... I mean, it's a lot of work to... Uh, <laughs> Put away the beard, so yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of beard. <laughs> okay, a thanks a lot for uh, all your time. Uh, thanks a lot for all the input. I'm more than happy to again support whatever you do. We are uh, talking quite a lot about this, so thank you very much. And um, yeah, see you around the next two days. Yeah, let's hope we meet at the uh, beer Saturday later. Huh? Five I'm looking, for over I'm looking there. forward for the, uh, to this. Thank you. I keep the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Here's applause. Okay. Uh, now, oh, the clicker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I like to have Alessandra, the young lady over there on stage. I already have a spare microphone for you. So we are working on microphones. So. The hive sign or the hive words, letters are reassembled again, so it looks close to lovely. Um, I will have Alexandra for two speeches on a stage. The, the first one is that she talks about more than the apps, um, so building and sustaining hives through strong communities. You all know communities are king. We did a lot of things in communities. I spent uh, several years to even build up my beer community with now more than uh, 2,000 people who are active worldwide. Especially if I never had the idea to build a community, it's a nice uh, achievement. Um, but um, we will hear a little bit more whenever the fight with the uh, bets is won by hopefully not the bets. Alexandra. Come on on stage. We talked about a few things you do, and um, I already have a list of activities you're in, so I try to find out where is this secret fun fact about you. So you are a futurist, you're a founder, you play classical clarinet. One more member for our hive band, by the way. Is there a hive band? Now we form one. We, we have to bring the band back together for okay. the people who know the movie. Um, you're an architectural, architectural designer, mm -hmm. so the next house will be built by you, and as well a voice actor. I saw the microphone on your neck yeah. the other day. Yeah, yeah. I've never worn one of these before. Am I too close to the mic? No, it's fine. No, it's good? Okay. Yeah. So uh, is there anything what you as well like to tell us what you're doing? I would. Collaboration is also a king. And with clarinet, classical clarinet, one of the creators that came into the community was a composer, but he hadn't composed in 15 years. And our working together in community, he didn't know what I did. He, I didn't know what he did. But over the course of our working together in community, there's now a piece, a full concertino that's been written that I am 
premiering in Europe, in England. Cool. Yeah. So, Looking so forward to this. You never know what's going to happen. That's uh, the beauty of Hive or the beauty of life, however you name it. Um, you are as well quite active with the um, exhibition we have over there? Yes, yes. Tell me a little bit about it. Well, I, I would. My good friend Shadow's Pub is creating gener generative art every single day. And that's just the jumping off point. We thought it was, oh, she's going to be an artist. No, that's just the jumping off point. And so she was already working in NFT showroom, and I was like, oh, good for you. I don't get it. And then Krimi comes up with the idea that for High Fest, we should submit art and have an exhibition. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, well, how will this art be shown? Well, don't ask Max Starkey anything, because he'll put you to work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for, for everybody who didn't know what's going on, the top floor over there, there is some art waiting for you to be visited, to be interact with, to be seen. So from there, I'll leave you the stage. Uh, okay. Here is the clicker if you accidentally have some slides. I want the click. I've seen clicker disasters. Can you give me the clicker tutorial? <laughs> um, I think you have to click here if there is a cat, for example. There's the cat. Yeah. If you click back. Here, show me. That direction. Yeah. And that direction goes back because this is the first slide. There won't be any other. Okay. Let's yeah. see if I can do it. Perfect. Do you if believe in me? I believe fully in you. Otherwise, I'm close by somewhere. I'm in the sorry. Shadow. Epic fail. What am I going to do? Click here. Oh, on the right side, sweetheart. Okay. okay. So otherwise, it might be a pointer, which is not easily to handle in a thumb. Okay. Am I going backward? Nope. Going forward. Is this back <laughs> and that's forward? Yes. Well, tell somebody. Um, I think you have to point there. Because that's right. the computer where the device is hanging out. It worked all the other times quite well. We <laughs> can handle it. If not, somebody will hit the go forward. I think I'm on it now. Perfect. Back is left, forward is right. You have as well uh, designing communities and that last uh, round table, which I like to join because I run a community, which yeah. will happen after your talk. Yeah, so we won't even take a break. We'll just move right over to the table so that we can team up a little bit. Yeah. And I'm going to work with you in design thinking, not for dev work, but design thinking for designing communities. Okay, your stage. Feel free to give your speech around 20 minutes or whatever you need. Okay, thank you. Well, hi. Getting an idea of where we all are? Yeah. I'm Alessandra. And there's people that I have met here before, and there's people that I have met for the first time. They call me Dan, welcomed me to Rosarito back in July. He bought me the best Mexican lunch I ever had in my life. That led to falling in love with the place. I've met Brian, Brian of London. He was a guest on our show called Hive Space, which is one of your sponsors for Hive, for Hive Fest. We had a blast. It was like we knew each other already. 
if there's any other. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of nice. I didn't know any of the hive personalities. I didn't know the names that everyone else knew, so I didn't know any better than to ask them onto my show, and nobody said no. <laughs> so what I want to talk to you about today, um, I love this cartoon because I always thought, if I ever get over my bad self, I want to do a TEDx talk. <laughs> oh. So here is my, my, my motivation. My talk today is about subverting power structures by withholding affection. I love it. All right. So more than killer daps. So things can work perfectly, but if you're a bore, you don't want a second date. Things can crash epically, but if you're irresistible, you've got no worries. So I'm going to be able to talk to you, teach you, have you teach me back in the next session where we're at the roundtables about how to be irresistible and how to make yourself useful. I can barely read it. So Creative Work Hour is the community that I designed using design thinking. And what it's about is it fills the need of creatives that need a structured, safe, non-isolating experience to do their best work. And it's not, it's not that, oh, I'm going to make a commitment, I'm going to do 30 days in 30 days. No. This kind of group, because we're all creatives, we're all content creators, and we're a sensitive bunch. We like it when we're upvoted, we love it when there's comments on our work, and we get all bent out of shape if there's a downvote or nobody pays attention to the work. Why? Because it was a risk. It was a risk to create the work to begin with. So what's the big deal about that? Well, a risk is, biologically, it's a threat. So for those that want the freedom to express more easily, you need safety. Okay, a good playlist helps, right? So I am, if I have to wrap the whole thing up into one, I'm an industrial designer. So I use design thinking, which you probably think of dev work, but I use design thinking for even, even psychological hang-ups that I have because it's an approach and it works like, okay, what is the pain point that I'm having or you're having or we're having together? What sucks? And once you get that down, nailed down into, like Matt has taught me, 10 words or less, then you can define what, what the problem to solve is. But we're going to do more about that later. Yeah, so one of the problems that I had to solve that I couldn't do on my own was the problem of polymathy. And you've all heard of it, just maybe by a different name. It's a multi multiple disciplinary interest syndrome. <laughs> It's a mouthful. So polymathy for short means that you're really into, you've got a thumb in many different pies. 
Now, that could be a sign of ADHD, or that could not be a sign of ADHD. It could be beside the point. But what is good to know about it is that it's okay to say that it's a dirty little secret. Especially if we've come from a country where it's not okay to express emotions, or if it's not okay to express... Can I tell you something? I'm really fucking good at this. That's not okay in some cultures. It's simply not. And dare we not go there, but how dare you attempt to be good at more than one thing? We kind of want you to fail <laughs> so that we can relate to you and you're no longer a threat to us. That's the idea. And I did not make peace with it until after I used design thinking to create the ideal community to fix the pain point that not he had, but that I had. So I had to get real personal, real quick, and real honest. I love this. I picked a song for myself for High Fest 8. And I love the Santana version of it, not because he used to be my neighbor, but because it's all about that we're, we're all one community. We could be of Cuban descent, we can be of American descent, we can be of African descent, we could be of this and that and the other and polka dots and stripes and all that and more. But we're all the same people. We get out of bed one foot at a time when we get sick, we try to recover. That's the nature of community, is that we all have the same thing. So, oye como va, means listen, come and listen. Come and listen to my rhythm. I want to play this for you. And Dan may go, okay, that's cool. I want to play this for you. And he may play poker at me. That's going to happen. It's going to be a poker game. It's going to be great. Monday night, right? Yeah. Now, I know it's really bright out here, but this is the first time that anyone has seen this piece of art. It's generative, which sounds like that would be easy. It was not easy. This piece of art, expresses what it is to have a creative work hour experience. Because our communities, they're not about, I'm like you, and I'm like you, and I'm like you, and I'm like you. That's not going to hold attention for very long. What will hold attention is giving an experience that people will never forget. And when you create for experience, you create for breakthroughs. This is the picture of what it's like to have a creative breakthrough. Like, you can tell there was like some weight shed, some blood bled, some sweat sweat, and she made the damn thing. And now, here we all are at High Fest, and whatever she has made, when she sees through to posting it, she's actually going to give it to people who actually give a care about her. That's the experience we want to be cared about.
another new piece of art. This is two of eight that you'll see before we go into our round table work. So I want you to bear with me. We're gonna do something together, is that okay? If you're not into it, that's cool. Just try not to check your phone, turn it over. Because what we're gonna do is we're gonna turn up the dial on experience. Okay, so this is what we do in creative work hour every day. We have people who've never done any kind of a breathing exercise before, they've never done any kind of meditation before. We just show up and for only three minutes, only three, we have an experience together. And so here we go. If you want, you can turn around and look out at the sea and just listen to my voice. You do not need to look up here. If you want, you can close your eyes and just listen. And for the next couple of minutes, I'm gonna take you through to the state of mind that you'll want when you're working on your own ideal community. So here we go. I'm gonna be real quiet at first. And when you're ready, breathe in through the nose with your mouth closed. You can have your eyes open or closed, but just breathe in. And hold that breath. In other words, let the breath hold you. You feel the breeze against your face. You hear the water lapping. You're still holding your breath. You hear the music playing. And with the next breeze that hits your face, I want you to blow out through the mouth. Here we go. Again, in through the nose. And hold it and roll your shoulders up if you have that range of motion. And then roll them back if that's okay for you. And let your shoulder blades slide down your back. And blow out through the mouth. And as you do that, if you want, you can put your hands on your hips, blowing out. Last one, and then we're done. Hands on the hips, in through the nose. Hold that breath. And as you blow out, empty your lungs completely of all of that old air. Your human experience is literally different now than it was three minutes ago. Your heart rate is lower. Your blood pressure is lower. You're more mindful. You're very aware of the breeze and the music and the shore. You're very aware of the sunshine. And all of those things bring a more satisfying human experience and help us to be calm. When we're calm, we can create things. And when we create things, we can work through that next hurdle of how to post it on Hive. That's a friction point that we can work because we're all together. There are those of you that are great at onboarding. Whoever you are, please, please come up and meet me later on. 
because I need your help. I've been running an onboarding program for Hive for a year, and I still think I suck at it. So I need your help. Okay, thank you. All right, so this picture here is all about the creative home. And the creative home is a safe place. And this is what we imagine in creative work hour. We do our little breathing exercise, and then I say, actually at the end of some hard work or tasks, you've come home to your creative home. And we all live in this place together. And in this place, you have your own bedroom, you have whatever kind of bed you want, the whole closet's yours, the drawers are all yours. You can leave your backpack in the middle of the floor. We don't care. It's your space. We honor that. Just like your blog is your blog. Your gaming is your gaming. We honor that. We're never going to touch that. But also what we have here is the enjoyment of watching one another work. So sometimes we do that with cameras on. Sometimes we do that with cameras off because we're working in a Zoom environment. I can tell you this. In the last year and a half, there have been over 300 people sign up to think about joining Creative Work Hour for one session. 211 actually have done that. But in any given day, there's less than 10% of that. Now, why is that? It's because it's working. It's working. What works about the experience is that it is completely safe. And if there were screens of people, it wouldn't feel the same, would it? So that's part of the experience. Let me move on. This is something that we all know, that Hive success depends upon building community. Building dApps that work help too. Now, a year and a half ago, I'd never heard of Hive, I'd never heard of blockchain or Web3. When I did hear of it, it was because I was taking classes with a lot of techies. And I would say, what's Web3? And then I couldn't feel my feet anymore and understood nothing. So I'm like, okay, you're just not the right person to explain it to me. But this went on for months. And as shy as I am, the day came that I just said, well, shit. I heard that Twitter Spaces is a thing you can turn on and you can talk to people. So I turned on Twitter Spaces and I said, hi, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I'm just wondering if there's anybody here that can explain Web3 to me. And Shadow's Pub showed up. And in normal everyday pedestrian language, requiring no computer science degrees and no self-taught, any of that, she simply explained to me what the ecosystem of Hive was about. That simply it's built on blockchain technology, which makes it where the things that we create in that environment are never stolen from us, they're never changed, they're never adulterated in any way. They belong to us till the better, bitter, end. But then this happened. She started using words like hard fork and legacy chain. Web 2, what the hell's web 2? Tokens? 
what the hell is an upvote? People do not know this. They do not know this. The people walking down the sidewalk right here, people don't know that. Now, because we're a tight community, we speak the same language, so now it doesn't freak me out when you use these words, but at first I was like Sandra Bullock in the movie where she enters rehab, where she's just like staring at the mental health professionals saying, I hate how you people talk. Mental health. <laughs> Literally had a mental health event over trying to learn this on my own. So the result in community was that we did it together. So I want to be able to share this next piece of original art with you, which is about the foundation of Hive and on which it's built. It's built on personal empowerment. It's built on trust. It's built on safety. And it's built on collaboration. Because collaboration, like what I was sharing with Detlev about classical clarinet, meets a composer who thought he'd never be able to write again, came a dreamlike, dreamlike opportunity to create something that would not have happened if we hadn't had a creative work hour and hive experience together. You can see some of our favorites right there. You got Podping. Hey, Brian. <laughs> We've got Leo. I think the like two icon looks extraordinarily nice next to the three speak icon. We've got Pinmapple there because I can't figure out how the hell I'm supposed to use that. I want to. I'll use the hell out of it, but I don't get it. This next piece of art is this is Web 2. You see, it's all moss grown over and moth eaten, and we're sick of looking at those icons, and it's A-way. We wouldn't have gotten to where we are in quite the way, same way, but that's Web 2. Web 3, from what you can see in the bright, bright sun, is a much more calm environment. Hive is the overarching architecture, and there's blocks, and there's projects, and there's dApps, and there's people, and there's communities, and there's laughter, there's Hivefest, there's friendships, and I can't wait. Who knows? We could come back to this very stage for, again, what looks like a wedding, and is a Hive one. Wouldn't that be fun? So these are the things that I focus on in my work, whether it is with my Hive hat on or my Hive and my Creative Work Hour hat on, is I want to calm the anxiety that I felt so that people can become comfortable with the terminology, that it's okay to have tech anxiety. I want people in Hive that haven't used a computer in 10 years and the reason why is because I was one of those. I became very sick for a long time and nothing was working and I wasn't healing. And I thought that's the end of being able to do higher level things. But what we have 
with support. You can learn how to do anything. I just needed to chum up with some buddies that were good at that. And three times a week, that's exactly what I do. So I know how to do all kinds of computer things. And there's all kinds of computer things I have no idea. And it's all okay. So having a space where it's good to unlearn, learn, and grow is what we're all about. So what we saw in the art earlier on, with all of the rooms and all of the creators working in their own spaces, this is you. And you could be working on a VR game. You could be world building for the next Splinterlands. You could be rocket building. You could be doing all of those things during the course of the hour. But in the last five minutes, just like now, we all come back together as community. We meet every single day. There's no commitment on anybody's part but mine to be there, have a safe space where you belong, where you can work through whatever it is that you're working on. But we all look to the center and this community was built before we ever knew about Hive. So instead of building it from the center of Hive, We've built the community and we're bringing the entire thing into our world of Hive. So that's what I have for us, folks. Thanks to Shadows Pub. Hey, Shadows. Hey, Jennifer. Thank you so much for your artwork. It is simply beautiful. It is stunning. It is stunning. And when I go up there to the eighth floor of the Coronado building called Hugo's, there are chairs at the end of each section of the artwork of the NFT showroom. And I will be there all I can be. And when I'm there, I'll have my computer with me. I'll be able to show you that art in full high def color. Hive Space is our space on Twitter where we talk about all the things that people need to know. And if you are particularly good at explaining things about Hive, or you've become particularly good at describing your DAP or your project on Hive, please come and be our guest. You will never have so much fun being a guest in an audio space. There we go. That's where you find us at lu.ma forward slash creative work. Thank you. Oh, the classical clarinet, clarinetist W says, have to take a bath. That life. Yes, I'm on my way. I learned how to make the clicker work. So every day something new to learn, like <laughs> blockchain times. Welcome. <laughs> um, that was interesting. I remembered my yoga years with all the breath. And um, I think it will be as well interesting what comes next. So you will grab a few people and show even some more power of communities and how they last. Yeah? So um, whoever wants to join that session, it will be around here on the tables or <laughs> somewhere there. Yeah, please, please join us. I don't like to be alone. <laughs> so join Alexandra for uh, the session 
um, and learn about communities. Um, I will give you a little bit of housekeeping, so thank you first. <laughs> Lovely. I steal the clicker again, otherwise you... I know how to use it now. Lovely. Can I do a Twitter space on? <laughs> um, we have an ongoing activity day, so who might join the workshops there uh, might join it. Later on at uh, 5.30, I and, I and Dan, uh, Dan and I, sorry for that, uh, will be at the beach with some nice liquid, cold and golden, I guess. Uh, maybe as for some other darker colors, we will see. So uh, feel free to join us at the beach at 5.30 until 6.30, where we'll have a little bit of chit-chat and beer tasting and whatever comes next. Then at 6.30, we will start with our dinner over there where we had lunch and from there we will stay there a little bit longer but beneath all that we have the horseshoe throwing and i think some uh, ping pong players were formed to fight to each other or against each others but uh, then we will have probably again a nice evening hanging out here or in town which brings me to the day we have tomorrow, and there uh, a guy named Detlef will do the opening at 9.30. Not here on a stage, we will be inside uh, the building in the room Mexicanas Hall. This is a little bit hidden, um, as whenever you are at the reception, you have to turn around a corner in another um, place, but you will see it either on the app, on the maps, you ask maybe some people, I guess there will be some signs as well, so that you even with little, little eyes could find tomorrow at 9.30 the right stage where we will start. And we will start with something quite interesting and different ones, so be uh, surprised what's on the plan. Then we have a full day of talks, if I look into my agenda here, um, and it won't be... Um, something you should miss. So from there, the workshop starts over there. Move there if you like. If there are other questions, uh, ask me or Dan or Starkas or who else is around because we probably know what's going on and where what is going on. So have fun. Workshop time. See you.